you feel love. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I feel a general unselfish love for just about everybody. No. Romantic, sexual love. No, no, I don't. For her. No, that is not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she just told everyone your deepest, darkest secret. Dude, come on. I think you're overreacting a little bit. You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> do me, do me, do me. I say, I say we scrap this whole episode and we're just going to do two hours of Hawkeye. <laughs> People would totally, don't you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a new episode of Fascinated with Booms. What's going on, everybody? Dave is not here. Not, again, man, I'm telling you, he's going to have to be put on the back burner here. Is he at what least bringing doctor's notes? <laughs> I know, he better bring doctor's <laughs> notes on this one. Yeah, Dave's not here because we're going to do our second uh, part of our Marvel pod. Last nice. time we did the first ten which was super exciting. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it was fun. I liked it. I enjoy listening to it, and I forget how, uh, like you just said, how many there were. I know, you know? I, I can't believe 19 Marvel movies. 19. Like, it's going to be so great when uh, Captain Marvel comes out and we can say it's officially 20. Yeah, And yeah. I, I do believe Captain Marvel is going to be the one we're all waiting for because it's going to uh, fill that gap that right. we've been all waiting for on uh, after Infinity Wars. Yeah. But, but we've got Marvel on the mind, certainly, because Wednesday we went and uh, caught up uh, to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. I figured we were going to be the only people in the theater, but yeah, surprisingly, I, there was a lot more than I thought. It was, was pretty be full. There. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Shout out to the old couple who asked us to switch seats with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wanted to be with their family. That's uh, cool. <laughs> we should have said no. No. <laughs> no. So hell no, man. We picked these spots. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah, last time uh, I think we ended with what was the last one we ended with? It was uh, uh, oh no, oh no. I remember we were saying <laughs> we were going to pick up with Ant Man. Yeah, yeah, we we're going to pick um, up with Ant Man, but I think it ended. Oh, it ended with uh, Avengers Ultron. Oh yeah, that's yep, right. Yep. It ended with Avengers Ultron, and then Ant Man's a good, a good. It seems like they're very well placed. The more comical ones mm-hmm. that they're after something that's really kind of uh, serious, and serious, big. serious, yeah, and uh, nothing beats uh, the Some... Ant Man movies or the Guardians movies for yeah. the comedy, right? Which is great. You know, you don't think those are going to gel in the Marvel universe, but personally, I think they're a breath of fresh air when you really need it too. Oh yeah, I mean, because you know, Age of Ultron, it's a it it's was a heavy it was movie, heavy. I mean, you know? well, you thought it was heavy until Infinity Wars yeah, came out, and you yeah. were like, all right, I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that one was like a comedy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and it did actually have some comedic moments. It had that great moment where they're all uh, drinking together. Yeah, which they still haven't uh, repeated. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they're gonna be drinking together anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, what have you been doing? What have you been doing this week? Oh man, anything? Um, just trying to get my business just going. Getting your man. business rocking. Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. listening, you're in Gain- You're in the Gainesville area. You want a massage, Justin? I don't know if we've ever mentioned the no, fact that you're no, a massage I, therapist. I've never, uh, I've never taken advantage of yeah. What the, the hell? Of Do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have a uh, local business here in Gainesville. Uh, it's located at the Best Western Gateway Grand. Um, it's called Solstice Massage Therapy. And if you want to call and book for an appointment, you can call 352-363-9042. Or you can find me on Facebook at Solstice Massage Therapy. Nice. Free Thank plug. You. Yeah, appreciate it. Hell that. yeah. No, and uh, 
I know I need some friggin' work done. Yeah, <laughs> I was going, does. I was going uh, weekly for a while, and uh, it spoils the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. I tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. You get like dependent on it uh, after a while. Yeah, because it for me it makes me feel fantastic for uh, for about uh, two days, and then my back ends up starting to hurt again. Right but for those two days, it's yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's right. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, you know, I, uh, just a lot of people think that you know massage is too expensive and. And so, like, a lot of times I offer discounted rates, yep. you know, like I'll do like a $40. I don't know, you know why insurance massage. doesn't cover that shit, man. Yeah. So many insurance doesn't cover that shit. And it it's, totally should. It's ridiculous. We yeah. won't go into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think we're going to start off with Ant-Man. I say we start right off. All right. And this is with Peyton Reed. And there was a little bit of controversy when uh, Ant-Man first came out because the guy from Edgar Wright was the original writer of Ant-Man. Oh, really? The guy who did uh, Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. World's End, yeah. uh, all those movies. And uh, like a lot of these movies with the production companies, they just didn't see eye to eye. Yeah. And I hear that it's like... Some people have read the script. It, it's not out there, but a lot of people, uh, like Joss Wheaton, I think, uh, read the script. He said it was probably one of the best scripts he's ever read really? in his entire life. And he's wow. like, why do you tell us that? Yeah, right? Why do you tell us <laughs> that kind of crap, man? So in 10 years, they can have an alternate version. They can restart the universe. I know, man. The people are always doing that. They did it with uh, with the, I think it was Superman versus Batman or yeah. something, where they said that uh, the Snyder cut was way better, or was Justice League, maybe it was Justice League. Oh, really? Uh, where they were talking about uh, his version was better than the version that came out. Yeah. I was like, you don't have to tell us that. Yeah, right. What the hell, Just man? let us it's know. Like, this let is the best. Think, it's the yeah. only version. Right, exactly. It's, it's like when they come out with like alternate endings. I was like, it, that, that in my mind just makes me think that you don't know what the hell you're, <laughs> you're <laughs> you doing. You flipped a coin. And yeah, was like, you flipped right, a coin. This, this one. one works. Let's yeah. test the audience. <laughs> they cheered 10% louder towards this ending exactly. let's throw it in there because i tend not to watch those on like uh dvds bonus like stuff. like a lot of the bonus stuff i will but i know when i do it a lot of times then later on when i watch the movie i forget that it wasn't supposed to be in the movie and i was like where the hell is that scene right i was yeah. like oh yeah that's right it was a deleted scene yeah see i i uh i can't help but watch all the alternate endings yeah <laughs> commentaries because- commentaries ruin it for me too but i love listening to the commentaries by the directors and the cast where they uh-huh. talk about the behind the scenes stuff but then once you do that that's all you think about when that scene hits right you're, you can imagine them talking and doing that yeah but i don't think i've listened to many of the marvel commentaries I, i'm yeah, sure there has been a lot too yeah i'm sure there are yeah. I, I actually haven't either and peyton reed was really really good with ant-man uh a lot of people may know him as the uh guy who did uh zombie land mm-hmm. that was what he was famous for zombie land 2 coming and out. zombie land 2 coming out yep. so i'm definitely excited about that uh, and I loved Zombieland, so it showed that he had that ability to do some serious action, but also comedy. Right. Which, I mean, when you're doing a superhero like Ant-Man, you really got to just kind of admit the fact that it's kind of, even the name is kind of comical. Yeah, exactly. That you got to bring a little bit of comedy to it. Yeah. And talk about uh, amazing casting with Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah. I mean, love Paul Rudd. Been watching him for years. Oh, I remember yeah. probably the first thing. Clueless, or maybe, uh, yeah. or maybe two hundred cigarettes. Do you remember two hundred cigarettes oh, with him? I don't think I saw Where that he was one. like, it was him, and uh, Jeanne Garofalo was in it, and uh, it's Courtney familiar, Love. but I don't think I ever David saw Chappelle. It. He was the cab driver during oh, really? it and everything. He had that great uh, scene where Paul Rudd's in the back uh, seat, ready to smoke a cigarette, and uh, uh, David Chappelle is uh, smoking a joint in the front seat. And he, huh. and he turns around and says, hey, don't smoke in the cab. He's like, but you're smoking. Yeah. I ain't smoking. Would you smoke? Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Paul Rudd's always been that really 
sarcastic yeah. kind of everyday type of character. Yeah. Uh, what other movies? Uh, he's in This he, Is Forty. This Is um, Forty. That's right. And what was the movie? Uh, he's done a lot of buddy comedies, kind of like that too. Uh, he was in Forty uh, Year Old Virgin. Wasn't it Couples Retreat? Was another one he was in. Maybe Jennifer I didn't Aniston. see that one. Yeah. So he now I mean before you could get him pretty cheap. Oh yeah. Now he's like a superstar where he can't walk down yeah. the street. Well, and you know just like all of these you know male characters, which is mo- you know most of them, he's ripped up now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like oh for sure. Like, and I think it's in the contract that at every point if you're going to be a twi- twice in the movie like you're like going to have to take that shirt off right. too. Yeah. Like Chris Pratt does it in yeah. the Guardians movies and everything. Yeah. And I remember Chris Pratt where he was just like a doughboy yeah. from <laughs> from Parks and Rec and he had that big ass gun. He was mm-hmm. just goofy as hell. Yeah. So I can only imagine the regiment these guys go through. Oh yeah. Which I mean, anyone can do it if you have uh, if you have someone paying for if it. If you pay me twenty million dollars <laughs> yeah. to gain thirty pounds of muscle, yeah. I will do it instantly. And you've got <laughs> you've got one of the best kind of. Uh, people standing over you, screaming at you, exactly, and getting yeah. you on this regiment that you're yeah. supposed to do. Because I've heard some of these crazy regiments like... Uh, oh, I've seen Christian the cat Bale. workout. Christian Bale was a crazy one, man. Especially... As he flip flops, do you remember the uh, the machinist? The machinist, yeah. And he I'm talks about he, he didn't die oh, from that. Man, there's so many of those. It's not good for your body no. to do that Tom, type of thing. Tom Hanks got uh, uh, diabetes from doing that. Yeah, you know. And I know uh, De Niro did it for uh, a couple different times in his career, mainly for Raging Bull. He had to gain all that weight, and oh, lose yeah. all that weight. But I remember Christian Bale talking about he had like one can of tuna a yeah, day. Yeah, I remember you saying and, that. And just. Uh, Man, and it looks it. It yeah. looks like he had a can of tuna a day. Yeah. And then like a year later, he's Batman and he's just friggin' ripped. Right. So that's I don't crazy. Know, man. I'd, once I got ripped, I don't think I would want to be, uh, like you said, if you have a few $20 million, $20 million maybe, maybe I'd get. I will get diabetes for you. <laughs> <laughs> you put it out there now. <laughs> Hand me my check and my insulin at the right. same time. And let's get this party started. <laughs> I will do that for you. Uh, and I'll tell you, you know, speaking of funny things, I have to mention the best co-star in this movie, Michael oh, Pena. Oh, God. Yeah. He, he is such, like like you said, you know, when we saw Ant-Man 2, oh, like, he, he man, comes into so a movie. So funny, man. And he can be a co-star yeah. and make it the Michael Pena show. Oh, yeah. You know, he has that. He that, owned every scene he was in. Yeah. Every um, scene he was in, it, it, you really have to be specific <laughs> of what you want being said in scenes he's in because you know you're just going to do nothing but laugh and you may miss lines and right. dialogue because yeah. he's just so freaking funny. Yeah. And yeah. especially in Ant-Man. And, and uh, I mean, it starts, other than like, uh, well, at the very opening we've got, let's go back before we hit Michael Pena, is uh, the, the young Michael Douglas. And you know... I think we had mentioned it before, and we'll talk about it again when we get to the Civil War next, but uh, they did that young Robert Downey Jr., and I didn't think they yeah. nailed that quite as much. You could really see, uh, because they tried to go way back. I mean, they yeah. tried to go back to, like, 20-year-old yeah. Uh, yeah, him, like, but I don't think they nailed the eyes as well, right. and uh, this looked like Michael Douglas. Oh, yeah. I mean, this looked like young Michael Douglas, and mm-hmm. everyone's seen young Michael Douglas for years and years, right. Romancing the Stone and yeah. all the just great flicks that he's been at Wall Street. Yeah. All those movies, so we all knew what he looked like. But man, that it, it, it's kind of scary. No, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like yeah. that people, like older people, like can come in there and they just put that those dots on their face and yeah. they can redo it. Like seriously, Clint Eastwood could come in and they put the dots in his face and he could do a young Dirty Harry movie. Yeah, well, you know, and I think the first time that I saw that, um, even though it wasn't one of my favorite Terminators, but. Um, 
I think it was like Terminator 3 or something like that. Oh, the where, Salvation one, or thing. Uh, no, maybe, I think it was Salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. Salvation. That's right. At the end when um, he came out. Yeah, when yeah, he yeah. came out, you know. I, and you could tell, though. You could tell, but I think that was the first time that I've seen that done. That was a little bit more forgiving because he was supposed to be a robot. Right. So you could kind of get the idea that if he was a little robotic, that you could kind of forgive it. But yeah, these are supposed to be them. Yeah. yeah. I think the Grand Marf Tarkin in Rogue One was amazingly done because he was. it wasn't even just like a brief kind of cameo the way they did with uh, Princess Leia at the very end. Right. It was, they had him through the whole movie. And mm-hmm. uh, I watched how they did it with the actor and he just mastered the voice. And and that's a little different than these other people because these other people are actually going back to play themselves. The guy who did Grand Marf Tarkin was a completely different actor and they just put that face on top of him. Huh. So it's, it's interesting that, hey, if you break your contract or something yeah, we, we can will, just cgi we'll cgi your, your damn body. face on yeah, there exactly. and, uh, that's crazy <laughs> it's really weird so yeah it kind of started off with michael douglas but uh then it went right into scott lang getting out of prison yeah being picked up by uh the great michael pena man yeah. and then it just like you said it just goes into the michael pena show and he's just funny as hell yeah oh, and i've liked him forever i love him and um observe and report it's probably one of my oh, favorite things yes, with him in it. Oh, yes, dude. He's God. so great. He was really, really funny. <laughs> you, you need to throw him in uh, comedies. And, and he can play dramatic. Remember oh, yeah. uh, End of Watch? He was really, really oh, good yeah, with Jake right. Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. So, And even, uh, was it Crash? Yeah, Crash was yeah, another one. I don't uh, remember him in Yeah, that, he but... was uh, another one of the main guys in Crash. So mm-hmm. he can play dramatic, but man, he just... If you're going to hire him, you want him to play comedy. Yeah, and yeah. the rants that he goes through exactly, in this yeah. is... They're just famous now uh, for the Ant-Man movies, which yeah. every time he's in an Ant-Man movie, and it's quite possible that he could uh, cross over to a couple of these other ones. Not sure which one you'd want to have him cross over with, yeah. but anything that has Scott Lang in it, I'm sure they could immediately put Michael Pena in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, the first one, we'll talk about what the the brilliance he did in the second one later on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because that really was the uh, cream yeah. of the crop for yeah. that movie. I, I left that theater immediately <laughs> thinking of that scene. Yeah. But in the first one, you know, because this, in, in the, the bare bones of this movie, it's it's a heist film. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people didn't realize going into this movie. They were like, wow, they just made kind of a Marvel movie and a perfectly great heist movie kind of interconnect with each other and there were other things that uh that kind of branched off to different uh marvel movies specifically in the in the first ant-man was falcon Mm -hmm. falcon was the one kind of avenger that kind of came in this movie right where where scott lang had an issue uh with and we'll talk about that but uh it was just a great heist movie and i love the idea that michael pena was that buddy of his that picked him up from jail and is immediately saying hey when you want to get yeah when you want to get busy again you know we're gonna uh rob this stuff and i think that rant was when he was telling him how he heard about the job right well no that was a little later on yeah um yeah god that was such a good (laughs) one too um no he gets in the car and like he he's talking to him vaguely about it and you know he tells him like look i'm going straight i'm not you know i'm not doing this anymore i have a daughter i want to be there for my daughter Mm -hmm. you know and so michael pena's trying to you know like okay all right you know and he he goes he gets a job at like baskin that's right that's right the baskin and and he's like this kid's at the (laughs) counter and he's like i want a cheeseburger and he's like we don't sell cheeseburgers here. ice cream. Yeah, (laughs) you know? And so he ends up getting called into the back Uh. office, and the manager sits down and says, like, you know, his background check came back, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it turns out that he is, like, 
one of the greatest computer hackers yeah. or, or cat burglars, I think also yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know, out there and the dude's like totally impressed with him and everything. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Oh good. Thank you so much. I was so worried you were going to find out about that and you were going to fire me. And he's like, well, you are. Yeah, you, yeah. you are. Fired. We got to fire. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, but if you want, you can take one of those cappuccino blasts for free. I won't tell anybody, you know. And so he comes back, and Ti is also in yep. the apartment, yep. you know. And the other guy, the other guy who plays kind of the Russian the, guy, yeah, who was, uh, who's always played a creepy character and stuff. So I'm yeah. glad that he plays this really likable character. And when he's I got think a of good him, sense of humor, he in does it too. You and know? what I think of him, I think of him from The Dark Knight. Because he was the oh, guy uh, right. at the end that was kind of right before uh, Batman kind of got attacked by Two Face. Yeah. He was the one that he brought to the uh, to, to the that, chair to and the, he was uh, flipping the coin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's was, right. Uh, huh, tortured, I about and he that. just had that creepy smile, man, and he yeah. gives you that really kind of uh, intense look. So. Right. And I, for a while there, he was getting typecast of that. You go back and look at his career; he was doing stuff that he was like, "Oh, this is that weird guy that who want who do you want to play a child molester in the next movie? <laughs> this guy, yeah, uh, right." And but he came into this, and those guys just sold it, man. Right, uh, those guys together, just like pointing at each other and kind yeah, of all exactly, that stuff. Yeah. He's, You're in the system, man. Yeah. I'm in the system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really good. What do you know, uh, Ti from? Uh, movie wise, yeah. Or? Oh, is he? He's a singer too. Oh, he's a rapper. He's oh, I didn't a, know that. Huge, I didn't know that. Uh, I know him yeah. from different movies. I remember him from American Gangster. Yeah, and stuff he's like out that. of Atlanta. Um, and like you know, he's he's the real he's deal. Legit, huh? yeah, yeah, he's the real deal. Huh? He went and did a couple of years for like you know buying crates full of AK forty seven. Oh and stuff wow, like that. So <laughs> like to see him like, did you ever see uh, Get Hard? Get Hard with oh the, yeah yeah with, with uh, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart and yeah, yeah, Will yeah. Ferrell. He plays like a real gangster in that movie. Interesting. And it's funny, you know what I yeah. mean? But and that's why I really like him in the role in Ant-Man is because he's he's a hardcore dude, you know, and he plays that lightheartedly with, you know, with comedy, you know, and like the way he does that and to know who he is in real life oh, or see, was now, in real now life. Now I got to watch him again looking at yeah, that like yeah, that. So I, it's, it's great that he got I think it's such a major thing when you can be a part of the Marvel universe. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. And it's so huge right now with like actors. I would think that's like a huge thing for everyone. That right. They always want it, no matter how small it is, and everything. And there's several movies coming up. There, uh, in when we talk Guardians of the Galaxy, that's, uh, that's what I was two, just thinking. Yeah. There's like three like uh, major actors that are thrown in there right. that you didn't expect. Just because to see. you know, you know, they got the call and they were like, "Hey, you want to do a cameo in a Marvel movie?" And they were like, "Yes, yeah. yes, you know, right now, you yeah. know." So. Um, so yeah. So he loses his job mm-hmm. and that's when he goes on the rant about how he heard about this job <laughs> in this safe. And I mean It's please. such a clever e- editing kind of way to do it when you actually have the actors uh doing their voices but then you have Michael Peña kind of overdubbing it yeah. and everything so when you hear like him when you when you see Stan Lee's uh, mouth moving but you have Michael Peña's kind of uh, uh voice coming out of it. Yeah. Uh and yeah, I guess he had heard about a um a job. I, he goes on such a large rant. So many people. So His many cousins, people. Hector's friends, neighbor down yeah, yeah. the street. He heard it at a mom. restaurant. And yeah, and <laughs> you know what I mean. It's a it's a pipeline of yeah. a story. And then Scott's like, okay, old guy, gonna be out of town. 
has has a safe. Right. We'll work with that. Yeah. <laughs> and little does he know that it's uh it's Michael Douglas's house. Mm-hmm. And Michael Douglas really kind of set this up and it goes there's a callback later on where he's like, We robbed your place. He's not I, I let you rob my place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean you get to see him do his his awesome work of cracking that safe and to find out that he's got the Ant Man suit in there. No exactly. money, nothing else, just right. the Ant Man suit. Right. And uh Brings us to that great scene where he inevitably wants to try it on in yep. the bathroom. Yeah. And, uh, oh, God. And that's such a great scene, yeah. too. Where uh, uh, when he shrinks right into the tub and then yep. Michael Pena comes in and turns the tub on yep. and then he goes down the drain and then he's seeing all the, uh, the ants and everything. So mm-hmm. it kind of just throws you into this world where then Michael Douglas kind of... Uh, how does he get to Michael Douglas? I think they... Uh, well, um, she snatches him. Yeah, he tries to fly on one of the ants. That's right. And he ends up like passing out. That's and right. And they fly him to Michael Douglas's house and, you know, re enlarge him and then, uh, you know, just kind of. Oh, that's right. He's on the bed and he's got ants surrounding him. Right. That's right. Yeah, he's got to. And they're. He's got to do like baby steps to and, the other room. And those are my favorite ants in the world. They're called the Siafu. You have a favorite ant? Oh I my think god. That's great. Wait, wait till you hear about what these things do, man. <laughs> their pinchers tear the skin open so that the other ants can go inside of you and start eating you from inside. Now, why wouldn't that be your favorite ant? I know, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I was actually so excited when I saw them on the floor. That's my ant. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone put them in a movie. I know, right? They're famous. You know? uh, see, we're from Florida, so I can tell you right now, our our least favorite ant is a fire, fire ant. I've got bites on my feet right <laughs> now. now. People who aren't or listeners who aren't from Florida, the second you notice them on your feet, they're already on your neck. Oh my god! That's yes. how fast they are. Yeah, and you better be running. I have many a story about. Uh, People uh, hearing people just having to strip their clothes off oh, yeah. because you, you have no other choice. You better yep. run for a hose or yeah. you better run for something yep. because not only will they bite you, but they'll bite you and leave a mark that will last for about six months. It blisters. Yeah. It blisters. <laughs> you know, uh, If Dave was here, he'd tell you about his like shins because his shins at his, uh, at farm. his farm out there, yeah. they're just eaten up and scabbed up all the time. Ugh. It's just something that's norm, the norm out there. And, yeah. Man, I would not be able to deal with that. Fire ants are horrible. Yeah. So I don't even know if they had fire ants in this one. Oh yeah, they, yeah, must they were have, the right? ones they that tried to use they were the ones. Hand. Yeah, they were the ones that were floating on top of the water because that's oh, what gotcha. fire ants do. Oh, you know, yeah, man. that's uh, a, that's another thing. If you're at if you're on the river around here and you see that patch, oh, get you, gone, it, son. It's more dangerous than oh, a gator, man. Gator, yeah. chances are gator's not going to bother you. Oof. You run into those fire ants, they're going to be on your canoe, and you're going to be. Oh man. man, I will not wish that upon yeah. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we uh, we kind of get introduced shortly after the uh, he gets the suit, and Michael Douglas kind of talks to him about what he wants to do we get introduced to the Corey Stahl character and I, I remember Corey Stahl from uh, what was a great movie called Midnight in Paris you ever seen that it was a Woody no. Allen movie where uh, Owen Wilson had the ability to go back to like 1920s uh Paris uh-huh. and meet all these. He got to meet Salvador Dali, played by the guy from The Pianist, was uh, damn, I can't, Adrian Brody. Oh wow! Uh, but Corey Stahl came in and played Hemingway, and oh, wow. he was he was great. He he just was like that rambunctious guy who just wanted to get in a fight and punch people in the face and everything. <laughs> and he was, I think, he was in House of Cards. Also, I think that's yeah, probably that's, what that's most people know him from. from yeah. yeah. And uh, he came in as uh, basically the Yellow Jacket. And you know what? Rewatching it recently, it really made me think of uh, Ronnie Cox from RoboCop. Where he had the Ed two hundred nine 
thing, but then you had the uh, you had Miguel Ferro who had the RoboCop kind of initiative. Yeah, and it was very similar that they were these two guys that each had their kind of suit that were competing with each other that wanted their suit to be the guy. Right. Yeah. So it really reminded me of that. And another person that reminded me of is was Jeff Bridges from Iron Man. Right. You know because he's he's also somebody that's got his own suit that's yeah. competing with somebody else that they his they're suit not was getting huge. Too. Yeah, and it's just they aren't getting the respect that they wish they had. Also. Right. Uh, can be shown similarities with uh, the Sam Rockwell character yeah. in Iron Man 2. Yeah. You know, it's just this envy. underling that it's envy. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And, uh, and it's always somebody that's a little over the edge that you know is going to take it a little too far and right. that should not be in charge yeah. of this thing. And what was it? It was called like the Pym Particle. That was what yeah, was the... the, uh, the yep, that, the Pym Particle. Yeah. <laughs> and literally that's what it was. It was Corey Stahl's character who was kind of shunned and not shown the respect that he felt like he needed he wanted to be he was in love with his daughter right he uh wanted to be the next ant-man he wanted just kind of be taken under but i think michael douglas says at some point he says i i see too much of me in you right and uh he did not like that like lo- the bad part of him probably right too. yeah and, and i love that part where um the military guys are there to mm-hmm. you know for the presentation and you know one guy kind of disagrees with him and goes against him and he he goes into the the men's room. Yeah, and which is and also he, reminds me of the Ronnie Cox character in Robocop. Remember the guy in... Uh, oh, yeah. Remember he, he hears him from the stall making fun of him and he just threatens him in there. Yeah. But Corey Stahl goes next level and turns him into a, to a little pile thing of, of goo. goo. Yeah, you know, and he's like, oh, <laughs> and sorry. And then he ends up wiping him up with a tissue yeah. and flushes him. You know, I mean, and really, that was really cool. Like, I thought, was. oh, he put a tracker on him or something and all of a sudden just, boom, this yeah. guy was just a little jelly blob. There was like, a lot of great elements that they were able to bring into the Ant-Man. Things that they could make super small things that can make really big that was really cool like, too like uh, and we'll talk even more about that because they took it like next level with the uh, in ant-man and the wasp oh yeah uh, with absolutely like the hot wheels case yeah cars awesome. and everything yeah. it was really really cool yeah uh but remember they had the uh, michael douglas had that uh keychain with, yes. with the tank on it, yeah. which you just thought was this regular keychain until later on he could bust it out. Right. Uh, we also forgot to mention the uh, the great uh, Bobby Cannavale, who uh, plays like the stepfather of uh, oh, Scott yeah, Lang's he's great. wife. And yeah. Judy Greer yeah. is the, uh, the wife. And they were able to work them in really well, especially in the first one because mm-hmm. he was – they kind of didn't use uh, – Corey, uh, or what's his name, Bobby Carnavale as much in the first one as the second one, but in the first one, but in the first one, Bobby Carnavale was one of the cops, along with the guy from The Wire, which he wasn't in the second one, but I love the idea that he was kind of always one step behind Scott, but he also had that kind of relationship with him that... You know, you don't really want to screw over your uh, stepdaughter's father. Yeah. <laughs> you want yeah, to be the nice guy. And right. he really does become kind of a nice guy in the second one. Oh, yeah. Overly nice where he just is constantly hugging him, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Bobby Cannavale and other stuff? Yeah. You know, I saw him in um, uh, Blue Jasmine. And Blue he, Jasmine. I forgot about that. That's it, the one with, uh, with Dice Clay, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, great movie. Yeah, that was a great, great movie. movie. I, I mean, it was I basically... I totally forgot about that. It was basically Streetcar Named Desire, yeah. just set in another setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
he was fantastic yeah. in that movie. I loved him in uh, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire, he was like evil as shit. There was yeah. a scene where he was he was a gangster, and there was a scene where uh, someone broke in to kill him, and he ends up picking up a gun and going after the guy, but he's butt naked, so he's oh, wow. doing it completely naked, walking oh, wow. down the hallway, shooting, shooting people and killing oh, people. God. It was really crazy. So seeing him in these one a more lighthearted role is uh, right. it was really fun. Yeah, uh, and you got to see when Scott kind of got in jail, and then uh, Michael Douglas comes in as the lawyer and kind of gives him the uh, the suit to escape and everything, right. and they don't know what the hell is going on. But for me, my favorite scene in this is where he has to go and get that coil from a building, you know, a building that he's not sure what it is. So he's right. on the airplane. And when the clouds break, you realize it's like the Avengers mansion. Yeah. He's like, man, we got a problem here. Not realizing yeah. that nobody knew that that's right. where it was, you yeah. know, and then that's where they broke into that great fight with the Falcon. That was so good. Uh, and he was like, I don't think he can see me. No, I can see you. <laughs> really, really funny, man. Yeah, I and, see you. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was a great callback when he saw him for that uh, second time in yeah. uh, Civil War. Yeah, absolutely. They called him like Tic Tac. Yeah. <laughs> he said, no, it was a good try, but it won't happen again. Yeah, yeah. I hope Cap doesn't find out about this. <laughs> yeah. That was another great line yeah, on that, Please too. don't let Cap find out about this. Uh, another one of my favorite things from uh, Ant-Man is when they, uh, they realize they have to hire Michael Pena and his two friends, the uh, the guy from Dark Knight and Ti, right? And they were, uh, Michael Douglas says, "No, no, we're not hiring yeah. those." I think he calls them wombats or something like yeah. that. And uh, <laughs> then they cut right to uh, Michael Pena being like, "I didn't think we'd see you so yeah. soon, because <laughs> because we robbed you. we robbed you. Remember, <laughs> remember that? that? <laughs> and I like, we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he said, "Yeah, I'm in the system." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when Scott walks in with the suit on, and he was like, he was like, "Don't be freaked out. This yeah. is not gonna harm anyone." And he, he disappeared. Appears, yeah. and then Michael Pena is like, "Oh, that's some David Copperfield shit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was really, really great, and I love how they had to. You you got to see him do like several heists in the movie, but I love that one at the end where they actually Michael Pena has to dress up as the security guard. And yes. He's got his team outside. And he knocks that dude out. Oh, uh, that's right. Because remember when he was leaving jail, he was fighting that guy. Yeah, and uh, and. Then you find out when he comes out that that was like a ritual, that it was like you had to oh, try and right. knock this guy out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah, I was still the only guy to ever knock him out. I got a mean right hook. Yeah. And he goes to that security guard who's like, hey, what are you doing in here? And he's in the computer room mm -hmm. and he just hits him with that right hook oh, and wow. just knocks him out. And he's like, I'm sorry about that, man. I did. But, I totally yeah. forgot about that. And then when he saves him later on, when the yep. when the building's about to kind of like yeah. implode and everything, he was like, and he, you could see the guy's feet like tied up. Oh, I forgot about the guy. Exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> really great. Yeah. And I love when there are uh, some like almost tense Mission Impossible type stuff where they are trying to eliminate that uh, that like laser barrier to get Scott in there, but they're right. trying to Bobby Cannavale and the guy from the Wire are trying to get into the van, and you could see that it's at fifty three percent, it's at yeah. sixty five percent, and that, to the point where he has to kind of wrestle away just to hit the space bar to be able to get it open, right? And then to realize that uh, Corey Stahl's character traps him in there. It was there. a trap, yeah. yeah, and he knows about it the whole time, which you had no idea that yeah. he even knew about it right. or that who he was. I mean, he put his picture up on the screen and everything yeah. this is scott lang and this is who you re, uh replaced me with or yeah. took sides with so yep. it was great man yeah 
good battle at the end. Yeah, and it comes all the way down to the end where uh, I love the the Thomas the train that yes. gets, that gets huge. Yes. And the, the way this was perfect, Peyton Reed, how they were cutting between some really exciting music and they were on it looked full scale right when they were on top of the train and yeah. it was coming towards him but yeah. then they cut back to how it would look for and, like and it just like and it derails tink. it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his daughter i love his daughter was great in this yeah. as yeah. that scared girl i loved when uh like she was watching him on tv and she knew that he was ant-man she right. had this big ass smile on her face yeah realizing it's him but yeah and the most important part of the movie is really when uh, Scott goes into the quantum realm. Yeah. Because that's kind of where they take off with it's the like, second one, you know? Yeah, and it's like uh, the same principle as don't cross the streams. Yeah, don't cross you the streams, know? man. You're going to see some trippy shit. Yeah, and, uh, it would be bad. It would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, because they started the movie with uh, Michael Douglas explaining and they, they actually start the second Ant-Man with that same scene with them on the airplane. Well, with, it was uh, it was a good ways into there because Hope and him had yeah, a very damaged right. relationship and then finally when it came to time yeah. to say like, okay, this is what really happened and you know, you find Lost out my that mom, she went and they've kind subatomic. Of, I don't think Michelle Pfeiffer was cast at that point either. They weren't showing her face. They were right. just showing somebody in the suit and then there was a great scene where they showed a picture on the uh, uh, mantle and I realized that it had her with her head kind of down with a big beach hat huh, on so you really couldn't, couldn't tell that it was Michelle Pfeiffer brilliantly passed, ca- cast as Michelle Pfeiffer oh yeah thought it was great yeah and uh, I, I want to hold off on talking about yeah, yeah. that until the end there but but yeah it was, it was really fantastic I, I loved Ant-Man immediately I remember I watched that one with Dave actually and Dave was uh, completely surprised because he's not normally the biggest uh, Marvel fan right. which is the reason uh, he got kicked off this podcast but <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, he did like that one because yeah. this one kind of does branch off to you don't really have to be a Marvel fan to enjoy uh, what's going on in this movie because there's not as many kind of you need to know who Cap right is yeah no you can just you things. can just watch the movie yeah yeah but the second movie we're talking about here this is the one that you really do need to know about the Marvel universe to really fully enjoy Captain America Civil War yeah and it is it. It's like yeah, I take the Avengers movies yeah. to the side, and this, that I this think is my favorite. Is kind one. of Avengers. I know, movie, really. I know. It's so but, cool. It's, I mean, it's definitely prominent Captain America, but it, this could have been named Avengers something, yeah, right. Avengers Civil War, Civil War. and, and it yeah, would have exactly. been it would have been just as great. Right. And this was the second Russo brothers uh, movie who had already done uh, Winter Soldier, and mm-hmm. Winter Soldier. I've already said before. I think Winter Soldier is one of my favorites, but yeah. Captain America Civil War, such an amazing, amazing one. I, I think. Every comic book geek, this is the movie they've been waiting for because oh, yeah. there's a lot of – in a lot of those old comic books that – some of the things that the really kind of diehard geeks love is superheroes fighting superheroes. Right, you know? yeah, that And not struggle. really hurting each other but kind of fighting each other because it's nothing but these guys with huge egos and right. everything. And you got yeah. to see that in spades in this one, man. Well, I mean I think that would be kind of cool if like you and your best friend could fight but not really hurt each other. Yeah. I mean I would fight people. I mean that's kind of <laughs> no. the – uh, the big thing is can Hulk beat Thor yeah. or can, or, or can Hulk love beat it. the thing which I still am hoping for that fight one of these days when they actually get Fantastic Four right <laughs> which I, have, I still have faith that they will bring uh, Fantastic Four into the uh, kind of Marvel Universe because mm-hmm. they're such a huge part of the Marvel Universe oh, yeah. when you think New York I mean you think Doctor Strange you think uh, uh, Spider-Man those are like the two that I think of when I yeah. think of New York but the main one is uh 
Fantastic Four in the Baxter building. Yeah. I mean, those guys were always in there doing their thing, and they can get it right. They have not got it right yet. No. And they've tried. They've tried three times, and yeah. they can't get it right. But uh, it's because Marvel's not doing it, you know? Marvel's got the writers. Marvel's got the great directors that Sony's been doing it. And, and they've Sony's got them under dro- contract. Yep, and yep. Sony's been dropping the ball. So, yeah. And I'm still holding out for a great Doctor Doom, man. Oh, God, oh, Doctor yeah. Doom, man. I'm waiting. So Civil War, isn't that doesn't that pretty much start off on the plane? And that's where, you know, uh, Black Widow's there because there's a hostage situation on a, pir- that's a, right. a pirated that's right. ship. Well, they're fighting crossbones uh, right. on the street is what it oh, is. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. then. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I think you might be thinking uh, Civil War. That's what is I'm that talking the, about. Uh, no, I meant uh, Winter Soldier. Okay. Uh, all right. That's, that's right. Yeah, because that's right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it starts off with the explosion. Well, at the very beginning of Civil War, they actually show a glimpse of something that we don't realize what they're showing, and it actually is Winter Soldier killing or knocking uh, Tony's parents' car right. off the road. Yeah, that's right. That you don't realize what you just Who saw is, yeah. until later on. They yeah. kind of go deep into that, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, that first opening scene was that uh, that fighting crossbones where he didn't last yeah. <laughs> long. Right. But what you really got out of that scene for me at least is uh, is when Scarlet Witch uses her powers too much and kind of throws crossbones into that building and takes like the entire floor out. Right. Because I mean the the real meat of this movie is that these superheroes are not only helping people, but they're causing a lot of destruction right. and possibly a lot of innocent people's deaths, which yeah. is kind of what brings about the... The Accords. Uh, the Accords. Sokovia yep, Accords. The Sokovia Accords. Right. Which is uh, the first time we see... Well, no, I don't think it's the first time because we see him in... Uh, we see John Hurt in one of the other movies playing General Ross. Yeah. It was like when he was... Was it Hulk? Yeah, it was The Hulk. end of The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it was so Hulk. The Ed Norton he was, one. He was uh, Liv Tyler's dad. That's right. Man, you even forget about that Armageddon. movie. Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, not here to sing it. <laughs> uh, but uh, what's always interesting to me about uh, the General Ross character is in the comic book, he ends up becoming the Red Hulk. Uh, oh really? And uh, don't know if they'll ever go to that uh, extent. Well, to, they'd have to. Bring to him in. They, they'd have to do some kind of Hulk standalone yeah, movie, which I still hope they will. If they're going to do too. a Black uh, Widow movie, which they absolutely should, because yeah. uh, I'd love to see like origin story with her and different yeah. stuff. Uh, but I would totally like to see. Uh, I mean, he's one of the Avengers. Yeah. And, I mean, there's no reason. Then again, I guess you'd have to have a Hawkeye movie. But <laughs> <laughs> I would go see. A uh, I would go see movie, it. But you know, uh, I mean, I don't know if they would uh, nail it as well as uh, it's just not it, as it could be like but. Hawkeye in the jungle taking people out with arrows yeah. you know like <laughs> Robin could, Hood yeah like like Rambo First yeah. Blood I guess you it know? could be like Rambo First Blood <laughs> Hawkeye first I think it'd just kill. be him on that farm just hanging, oh, it could just be a hanging prequel. with his family it could be a prequel yeah. an origin story I mean with uh, Black Widow because we know they have a relationship see? and everything so I mean, he could actually be worked into like the Black Widow solo it's, film for sure see yeah. see and they would look I mean, they still look fairly young that if they do it soon enough, they won't even have to use any of that CGI and right, everything. Yeah. So uh, so with uh, what are some of your your favorite things from Civil War? Okay, so... Um, there's a bunch. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch. Uh, definitely the airport scene. Yep. Definitely. The airport we've seen in Germany is what I'm talking about, that superheroes fighting superheroes. Yeah. The great thing about Civil War is there's two major characters that are introduced to this that uh, they've been shown so much in the Marvel Universe now that you almost forget that this is they haven't been there from it, the beginning. Yeah, exactly, Which yeah. is Spider-Man and Black Panther. Right, yeah. And uh, Black Panther... 
obviously we're going to talk about his solo movie and everything, but it kind of starts right off with his dad getting killed. Right. And uh, then just being vengeful and, on the Winter Soldier. Right. Who makes it look like he had something to do with that. And the Winter, Winter Soldier has done some horrible shit, but uh, this was not one of them, that no. UN uh, thing. You know, I'm thinking that Winter Soldier, the Bucky Barnes, really is one of my favorite characters of all this. He's, he's one of those characters that... You really feel for when you think about all the stuff that he's been through, mm-hmm. and you and you really get that in Civil War that uh, because it's it's a very Manchurian candidate type of thing right. where they've the government has taken him and they've reprogrammed him yeah. again and again and again. Yeah, and he's got that great line at the end where he, uh, because he ends up obviously killing uh, Tony's parents. Right. Spoiler: alert. If you listen to this and you haven't seen these yeah. movies, you're spoil the hell out of so hopefully you've seen all these yeah. movies before we spoil them to you. But uh, Winter Soldier obviously has killed Tony's parents, and I love when Tony asks him at some point, do you even remember? remember? He says, I remember everything. All of them. Yeah, Yeah. I remember all of it. And it's sad because he cannot do anything about it. They just keep wiping his memory or somewhat wiping his memory. Yeah. And uh, then he's being controlled to do these horrible, horrible things. And... We should mention the the main villain in this, who was a good villain, was the uh, the Baron uh, the Zimu right. character, who, yeah. who just wanted them to turn on each other yeah. because of stuff that's happened to his family and uh, being killed by uh, or being left behind by the well, Avengers. And I think uh, it was from the building. From which building? The one that fell down um, when the explosion happened in the the beginning of this. Yeah, the, the crossbones one. I, I'm almost positive. Really, I thought it was even before that, but maybe you're right. It could have been from like. Like the first Avengers yeah. or something like yeah. that. But. Either way, he had definitely been wronged by yeah. them. Because he said it had only been a year. Yeah. He it said, is pretty smart, too, the fact that he realizes I can't defeat any of these guys themselves, right. so maybe I can turn them against each yeah. other. So, And he found out that one piece of information yep. that he knew Tony was going to... It's frustrating watching it, too, because you're like, man, this is not who he was. You know, right. this is not... Uh, he had no idea what he was doing. He was like he was a different person. Yeah. So. Well, and it's like like he says, he's like, I don't care. I don't care. He, he killed, killed my mom. mom. Choked her oh, too, man. I know. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't oh, like man. he just ran. And her he off had the road. to watch it. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And I love Cap watching him watch it too, where yeah. he's like, uh and, and then he's when, like, "Come on, Tony." You and know, it's, he didn't it's know. weird. Anyone besides Cap would have completely lied to him and said, "No, I didn't know about it. I right. didn't know about it at all." Yeah. But Cap, being Cap, man, yep. he had to tell the truth. Yep. He had to be like, "I, I didn't know about it." And right. Then, boom. That's where it just went off, man. Uh, some of my favorite stuff in this was uh, particularly the uh, the Spider Man stuff, mm-hmm. where he shows up at his house and yeah. you get to see Aunt May for the first time, who's yeah. played by the great uh, Marissa Torme. Yeah, who apparently has defied the ages. It's and ridiculous. It's ridiculous yeah. how young she looks. She looks like she just stepped off of the set of like my cousin Vinny. For real, she, <laughs> she really have the does. Big hair. I mean, she's got to be pushing fifty or maybe young fifties uh, in age. I'm and sure. It's just insane. I was thinking that with uh, with uh, Tom Cruise in the new uh, in a new Mission Impossible, being mm. fifty six years old. I was That's like, nuts. come on, yeah. man. He's jumping off that building and That's doing all these old stunts ankle, and everything. Yeah. I ain't running to the end of the street. Yeah. Well, someone's <laughs> chasing me. But <laughs> even that, I might just give up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I love the fact that they have to take sides right. in this movie, you know, and you, they only... Well, because wa- of the Accords. Yeah, because you know? of the Accords. So, and so, that's basically what starts the split is, yeah. you know, 
they say, Tony says, this, we need to be regulated. You yeah. know, we have to sign these. It's the only way. And, you know, Steve Rogers is like, look, if we do this, then, you know, who's to say that when we need to go somewhere, they won't let us go, you yeah. know? And he's like, we have to be able to do that. Yeah. So that's where the split starts to happen. And then... I kind of side with Steve Rogers on that. Oh, I, I do mean, too. Especially yeah. because these guys, you know, maybe it's because we know how kind of... Uh, good at heart they are. Right. And uh, people just looking from the outside probably don't realize that they have our best interest in mind, which right. they really do. But would I want to be a pedestrian on the street in the middle of one of their battles? No. Hell no. You but, know? I mean, the bigger problem is you don't want an uh, extraterrestrial to come down and take it over, so you yeah. got to have to do what you got to do. Right. And for the most part, the sides they take, you can you can understand the sides they take. Oh, yeah. You know, you obviously you've got uh, Falcon is going to go with uh, Steve Rogers yeah. and and you've got Winter Soldier going with Steve Rogers. The only one that was really surprising to me was that uh, Romanoff yeah, was, with, was with Tony. She's she's militarized. She's she shield, is. I guess she could see know. the bigger picture on that too. Right. But they were such great close friends. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially in like Winter Soldier and uh, even earlier than that. Yeah. Uh, but they, she also did have a connection well, with uh, with Tony from uh, Iron Man Two. Right. Uh, so, but you know, um, I forget the the character's name, but the the girl from from the first Captain America, you know, who has gotten older through the years. Oh, Peggy Carter. He, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. She dies. Yeah, you get you to know, see her funeral. Right, and, yeah, and yeah. he's there, and then you realize that that her that was her Aunt Peggy, and yeah, that's the yeah. his girl he was kind of crushing on or whatever. But even though this whole thing was going on, when everybody was gone from the church, Romanoff still came in, and he's like, you know, they talked about the Accords for like mm. two seconds, yeah. and he was like, well, what are you doing here? And she was like, I just didn't want you to be alone. And it's showing you that she does have that heart in her character. You just don't see it, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I thought that was an important moment, especially because of the feud that was going on. Yeah. And you could kind of tell, like, I'm doing what's right, but my friend is my friend. Mm. You know what I mean? So I also love the idea that uh, the two new characters are kind of... Uh, kind of thrown for a loop. They're not really part of this, but you've got Spider-Man who just wants to be involved. Yeah. And Tony just kind of happened to get to him first. Right. But you have Black Panther who who really thinks Winter Soldier killed his father. Yeah, and he's he, out with he, the He's kind of pissed at the very end when you when he actually comes up on uh, up on Zemu and he's like, "You made me almost kill the wrong guy for this," right. because he's also very kind of driven by his heart and obviously wants to uh, get revenge on the guy who killed his dad. So. Right. It's it's really interesting, man. I, I like I said, I love that uh, airport scene. I I love the uh, kind of it, it. What is it? What was the end sequence again? I've already forgotten the uh, of the airport scene. Of the, or uh, of the no, final of the fight? Uh, of the final of uh, uh, well. Well, you've got that final fight, obviously, where Tony and uh, and. Uh, and Cap are fighting, and Cap drops his shield, yeah. and everything, and you could tell. All right, now they're split, right. and uh, there's what, what do we say is like five movies between this and Infinity Wars. Yeah, till we see we see them again uh, with each other. So there's a lot kind yeah. of yeah, there's a lot in there that's happening. But I think yeah, it ends with uh, uh, showing that Bucky and Cap are actually in Wakanda, right? Which is technically the first time we see we see Wakanda right. is right here. We yeah. don't get to see any of the other uh, great supporting. And I thought in there. that Black Panther was going to be the next one that came out yeah you know but 
And it was, what was? Doctor we'll, Strange. We'll move on to that, too. Yeah, All right, yeah, Doctor Strange. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. So, yeah, this is when they were doing, like, they're three doing so year, many. Two yeah, they're doing, like, two or three a year. Yeah. Yeah, Ant-Man was 2015. Civil War is 2016. I guess it was only two in 2016, and Doctor oh. Strange is our next one. So, And this is one of your favorites. Yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I liked the subtle, not so funny, but still kind of corny, funny comedy. Yeah. Um, I really... You know, I don't know, like, I'm into that mystic energy, you know. And it makes sense that you would like this because there's a lot of kind of uh, almost slight throwbacks to kung fu movies in yeah, this one yeah. too so and it makes ancient sense wisdom and stuff like yeah. that you know being like, trained by the uh, almost like a sensei type, yeah type yeah of deal. what was it it wasn't the eternal or the immortal it was the old one no uh yeah what was her the name? old one uh, tilda swinton's character yeah i mean uh, who was fantastic she was fantastic and, oh my gosh another person that got a lot of slack for it because it was originally played by an old asian character uh-huh. in the comics but right. now they're bringing in tilda the swinton the ancient one yeah ancient one. uh and then tilda came in and uh shaved her head and or just wore the ball cap probably yeah. and, uh, right. and just rocked it and she's great in everything she's yeah. in no. even bad movies I, like I could not stand Constantine but her as oh, that I loved angel, Constantine her, I didn't much care for it man yeah. but her as that angel yeah. oh man she yeah. was amazing she was in that. great she was great in Michael Clayton as the kind of shady uh, lawyer the one with uh, uh, George Clooney yeah, really, really. I, oh I, you should check that out that's yeah. one of Dave's favorite movies uh, but yeah. yeah, you've got a lot of great characters in this that we had never seen before. Basically, none of these characters we've seen. <laughs> I just have to say this real quick. A, a couple of months ago, I had to go downtown or go down south to go and do a training thing. And at this hotel that I was down there, there was um, a sign when you got off the elevator that said like to um, Termitage Hall or something mm-hmm. like that. I wanted so badly to take like a little post-it note. And put an H E over it, so it said to Hermitage. Because <laughs> you know that's the that's the place he's looking for. Yeah. you know to find it. I just, oh, I wanted to do that so bad. So we've we've got a lot of great actors in this movie that, like I said, we have not seen before. We got Tilda. We got uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who's yeah. obviously up the top of his game. We've got that. Uh, I never can say his name, that uh, Chiweltel guy, and yeah. a butcher, and I know. It's the guy from 12 Years a Slave right, from American yeah, I, Gangster. I, really good. Yeah. Uh, Mads uh, Middleson, who's played the villain in Casino Royale. Yeah. And he plays Hannibal in, Hannibal in the, in yeah. the, oh, in the TV so series. Good. I and, love uh, his voice. He's, he's great, got man. such an interesting, like, an accent. Yeah. Like, he's really good. He's, like, from Romania or something, I think, and it, he's really phenomenal. Yeah. I think... Casino Royal is definitely the first time I saw him, and mm-hmm. yeah, shortly after that, I realized I was like, "This guy's next level." Yeah, he's great. Uh, you got Rachel McAdams, who people have seen uh, for years, and like Mean Girls and stuff like that. Yeah. And one of my favorite characters is Wong, who's yes. actually named Wong. In uh, real oh, life. is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so that was an great. easy one. One of my favorite comedic scenes in there is when he. Uh, when uh, Doctor Strange calls him Beyonce, yeah, and then yeah. you hear him listening to single ladies, yeah, thing, and then Benedict's like hands Stealing up hearing the books, uh, yeah. yeah, from the realm, he's kind of grabbing books and stuff like that. Yeah. I love it. And I'll tell you, that is one of my favorite parts. Is when you know, okay, so real quick, he's like the top surgeon. Yep. He only does like the most, you know, the, the only cases he takes are the ones that are going to bring him the most fame. Yeah, but and he's also cocky as hell. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
And so he's so cocky up, that he can't keep his eyes on the road. Exactly. <laughs> so he has this terrible car accident. His hands are happens destroyed. So fast in the movie too. I forget that it happens within like six minutes of yeah, the movie. It's yeah. Like, boom. And, and and I love the fact that they didn't draw that out yeah, for yeah. a whole long it's time. It's true, you know, because a lot of people get hung up on these origin stories where they uh and I you kind of need it for Doctor Strange. It's one of those ones like you don't need one for uh Spider Man. We know what happens to Spider Man, and that's what's right. beautiful about Homecoming is they it was the one movie where they and it was killing fans. Do yeah. not come back and do that. And I don't need to see Uncle Ben die again. Right. We, we realize what we happened. understand. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, so he's trying to go everywhere. He's he's expelling all of his resources. He's going broke. He's trying to do everything he can to fix his hands. Um, and he comes across this case of this guy Benjamin with like Brad. A, yeah, yeah, there you go. Who, who um, worked his way into the Marvel universe, but uh, you know, yeah, it was short lived. Well. But uh, he's got to suck to be finally get in the Marvel universe and realize it's not going to be a character that really goes anywhere right. besides that one movie. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and so he finds this guy who shouldn't be walking, and yet somehow he made a full recovery. You mm-hmm. know, so he finds him playing basketball of all things, and he asks him, you know, how he healed himself from an impossible, you know, mm-hmm. injury, and so he tells him about Hermitage. Yeah. So. He finally gets to Hermitage. It's like Nepal, I think. Yeah, Yeah. something like that. Um, And he comes in and he's talking with the Ancient One and she's trying to tell him about the chakras and everything like that and ancient wisdom and ancient geometry and things like that. I just want you to fix my hand. Yeah, you know, and and he she hits him on the third eye spot and just astral projects him out of his body. And he's like, oh my God, what was that? And she tells him and then she sends him on this journey through the universe the way they did that, I, I was just like, oh my God, I wish that I could experience what he's experiencing it, right now. It like, really, that type of stuff reminded me of The Shadow with mm-hmm. uh, with Alec Baldwin when he's being trained to kind of do his thing. It also reminds me a lot of Batman Begins where... Uh, oh, with the blue flower. Uh, with Liam Neeson when mm-hmm. he's like in the ice training and everything to become Batman and become one of the shadow kind of right. warriors and everything. You know, just being sent off to this ancient land to learn from this one master kind right. of thing even like kill bill in a certain way where she's yeah. kind of being trained by this yeah. guy uh, and hattori hanza yeah and there's a lot of great little elements in doctor strange movie. that uh were not uh that were the viewer being introduced for the first time like uh, i've got it written here like the astro dimension or the multiverse and the sling ring and all yeah. these great things because the sling ring is one of the things that they wear on their hands that allow them to kind of make those circular portals, portals yeah. which is just great i'm i'm a sucker for portals in time and, and everything I, and you realize that they they really worked in those elements that were really great. And I, I know a lot of people uh, watched this movie and immediately their mind goes to Inception mm-hmm. because that was kind right. of the first time we saw buildings being Move. bent and yeah. moved. And uh, me and I, I love this movie. I, I Granted, I loved it a lot more the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh if there's anything wrong with Doctor Strange, I think at times they relied on those effects a little bit too much. Where a little. They, where they kind of got a little muddled, and that was the reason I couldn't stand uh, Transformers, the movie, uh-huh. because it was so much effects that you your eye kind of had a hard time registering what you were actually looking at right. when things were happening. Yeah. Uh, but watching it a second time and you're kind of really engrossed in it and everything, I, I really appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Uh, we should mention that, uh, that one of my favorite things that Tilda Swinton did to him was put him on Everest. 
Oh, you know, yeah. I love that scene. Yeah, and they're just yeah. sitting back there, and she's like looking at her watch, realizing yeah. that how much time has gone by. And if right. it was, I mean, that's kind of like throwing you into the fire. Literally. With, with trying to, you, you can get back here and live. And I guess she really kind of uh, hoped he was going to do it. And right. Eventually did. Yeah. But you should talk about what, what was Mad's kind of character doing in this. So he was, and they showed him early on, uh, stealing, stealing the, page the, of the, the pages of the book. Um, yeah. and what it was was, um, I can't remember the name. Uh, oh man, I, I hear him say, "I want to make a bargain." You're letting us down, man. I know, right? <laughs> I can't think of the name of the of the guy who rules this universe. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, the reason that the ancient one is able to stay alive for so yeah. long is because she draws power from the dark universe. Yeah. Um, and so he learns about that, yeah. which pisses off the 12, uh, uh, guy from 12, uh, years of slave, right? Because he had no idea that she was doing that. Right. Which, I mean, yeah. None of your business. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, basically, you know, he's stolen this spell and they're trying to bring him to earth because they think that what he will do is bring eternal life for all of yes. us. Yeah. Um, Dormammu. Dormammu. Um, I would have never got that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's what they're trying to do. And they they have to be able to take over the temples over the world. Because the sanctums. The, the sanctums, yeah. yeah. Because the sanctums I love form, the sanctums. I love the idea of the sanctums, you know, because... You walk into one room and you can just uh, go to another place on the planet through Because a door. basically there's like, the, you got the New York one, you got the Hong Kong and one, the and London. you got the London one. Right. And reading the comics, everyone always knew about uh, Doctor Strange's sanctum in New York. It has that certain look from it. I love the end of the movie where they uh, they zoom out and you can see the same. It's got that great window right yeah, there with and the everything. Sing, with the uh, uh, symbol on it. Yeah, yeah. the uh, what was it? The Eye of uh, Agamotto yeah. uh, on it, which yeah. is the thing he wears around his neck, which we should mention too. Two of the great things in this uh, movie are not only his uh, his cloak, which yeah. is a lot of fun stuff with that cloak. Yeah, in this absolutely. Movie, but the... Uh, the eye that he wears around his neck uh, contains the time stone, right. which becomes super, super important Absolutely. later on. Yeah. I mean, you don't realize, like, with Vision, Vision wears the mind stone on right. his head. And they even have uh, mention of that in Civil War where he doesn't really know what that is. Remember, yeah. he talks he, with Scarlet Witch, and he's like, I don't even, he's know, like, I don't even know what it does. Yeah. I know it's important. Yeah. And uh, we realize how damn important it, it becomes by the time uh, Infinity War comes around. But, yeah, yeah that eye is great. My only, uh, there was another thing that I, the only uh, thing I wish we saw is we never got to see the London and the uh, Hong Kong sanctums destroyed, especially the London oh, really? one. London one, we didn't get destroyed at all. They just told it. They said the London sanctum has been destroyed. Oh, boom, done. Yeah, yeah. boom, done. <laughs> and then the Hong Kong one we see, but then we kind of see it recreated and then uh, destroyed again at the right. end. <laughs> which is some because, of my favorite stuff that time loop thing yeah he oh my gosh that's so cool yeah. and you know he goes up to Dormammu and you know you see him kind of set the bracelet and like make yeah. sure that the timeline is there and he jumps over and he's like Dormammu yeah. I've come to make a deal yeah. you know and, and he's like he's just like whatever dude and he yeah. kills him and he just keeps doing it over and over uh, and he over. He realizes he's screwed, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He's and like he has no choice but to make a deal, right? Well, and and see, and then that's the the shift in Doctor Strange because you know he he's he tells him you know you'll never win, and mm -hmm. he says no, I'll never win, but I can fail over and over yeah. and over, and that's what his that's what was holding him back was he was thinking of how important he was, yeah. you know, instead of everybody yeah. you know and so once he said that dormammu is like 
well, damn, you kind of got me stuck. Yeah. You know, what do you want? And so he he makes the deal. Yeah. And Take they go... Your followers, yeah. Right, you know, and they, they go back to the scene where, you know... He's uh, on the streets of uh, Hong Kong. Yeah. Right, and they're just about to battle, and he shows up behind him. And yeah. all of a sudden, he realizes, like, what have you done? And he's like, I did exactly what you wanted. You know, yep. he's like, I brought you to the dark planet. You will live forever. By the way, it's like the most worst thing imaginable. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy yourself. It's you a know? shame that even like Wong and the Twelve Angry uh, or the American Gangster guy ha- yeah. has no clue what he had to like really do to. Yeah, they thought it. they thought he left. Yeah, you know, which, which pisses off the uh, uh, American Gangster guy. Yeah, and to the point where it kind of sets up him going to be a bad guy yeah. later on in uh, the series. Yeah. And because it doesn't, it, it like ends, it's not the post-credit sequence yeah. with him in it. Where he goes and he uh, takes the magic that that guy was That's channeling. That's right, with Benjamin and, Bratt. And re Oh, how horrible, man. Him. Yeah, dude, when you When awful. you think you've got the, yeah. the use of your limbs again and he someone just takes it from you, man. Yeah, uh. but to end on a lighter note, you know, right after they get sucked off into the dark planet, Doctor Strange goes... You have to realize the warning is on the other side of the spell, and Wong finally laughs yeah, yeah, at yeah. that joke. You know, like I also like the uh, there was two post credit sequences in this. The other one was when he was sitting talking to with Thor, Thor with the, oh, with the so beer good. that keeps refilling itself. Yeah. And they bring that whole scene back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in uh, which was it? Ragnarok. Ragnarok. It was yep. Ragnarok. Yeah. Which there's a couple times they've done that. Yeah. You know where they brought that Steve scene Rogers. Back. Steve Rogers talking the to Winter bag and when Steve Avengers. Rogers and Falcon uh, questioning. Uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. When they captured him, that was another brought back from yeah. a post credit sequence. So it's fun when they can actually do that. Yeah. Well, speaking fun, <laughs> we've got uh, 2017's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. And I love this one, man. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy so much, mainly because all those characters are just so damn likable. Oh, you yeah. You know, you just want to laugh at them. You want to enjoy them. I love yeah. Drax. I go back and forth to who I like more, Drax or Rocket. I, I just love them so much, man, yeah. the, the comedy that comes through those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we should talk a little bit before we get into the Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll, we'll get a little hot button here about the uh, controversy that uh, that's going on with yeah, uh, James real, Gunn. Man. Because there's something, if you're not aware of what's happening with James Gunn, James Gunn's uh, been a uh, director for a while and uh, 10 years ago he had sent out some kind of incendiary uh, um, tweets right. that just really bad jokes really yeah. about uh, uh, rape and pedophilia. And if you've read them, they... They seem to be obviously jokes to me. Right. And he ends up, they end up uh, some right wing uh, kind of like overly right wing conservative actually dug him up and brought mm-hmm. him up. And uh, uh, Disney had felt they had no, uh, no other, other options yeah. but to fire him uh, from from the universe and to be able to not do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I, I understand that, but I also understand that these were clearly jokes. It's not like they uncovered him being a rapist or a right, pedophile. Right. I mean, these yeah. were jokes. Uh, and like comedians are even being held to task at this. Are, are Sarah Silverman's defending jokes she's made. And can yeah. you imagine back in the day how many jokes Richard Pryor and oh, Eddie yeah. Murphy made? Absolutely. If, if they pulled up... Uh, if they looked at Eddie Murphy's stand-up, how the hell would he have ever gotten Haunted Mansion? Right, all these yeah. Disney stuff right, that he did, yeah. Daddy Daycare, right. all these like children's I mean, films. You got to really put it in perspective that these guys are comedians, and a joke's a joke. Yeah. And even if it's a bad joke, shit, I've made my share of dead baby jokes or whatever. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I look at it like this, you know. And I haven't read the tweets. I've heard about the controversy, and you it's know, you've kind of kept yeah. me, you know. But I look at it like this. I know where I was at ten years ago. Yeah. 
I was not doing good things and not being a good person. And, you know, like, I've changed my life a lot in there's, that amount of time. There's certain things you can forgive and there's certain things you can't. Right. And, you know, if, if this was something like, like I said, like he was actually a rapist and that came yeah. out like Kevin Spacey type level shit. Sure, I, absolutely. I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. bring him in here. But right. This is stuff that, and it's pissed off the entire cast to the point where they've had to put out that letter that yeah. says, we support him and yeah. we really wish you would. Uh, and that's and that's the thing, you know, is like people change, yeah. you know, and, and really, you have to... You know, you have to be able to give somebody the chance to see that they've changed. And I feel like the cast has said, like, look, we know this person. He's not like this anymore. Like, you know. And no one's more upset about it, I think, than Batista. Oh, I'm sure. Batista's super pissed at it. I got his back. Uh, And uh, he, to the point where he's, like, he's nauseated over this whole thing. And at first he was just super pissed about him not directing. And then they threatened to not let them use the script. Right. And Batista's like, this is not what I signed on for. I signed on to do this with a James Gunn script and everything. Yeah. And to the point where... I think the only way it would really work is if all because obviously they're in a contract. Right. The only way it would really work is if all these guys playing the Guardians all grouped together and said, "Hey, we're not doing it, right. and we're going to break our contract." I mean, we're rich; you can sue us, you can do whatever you want, but right. you're not going to get your your Marvel universe. Right. These guys are super important. And can you? Yeah. And can it's, you imagine if that happened? Oh, I mean, it would tear it would, it, it, would, it would tear it apart. Yeah. You know, they, they would not be able. You to, couldn't just have the Guardians of the Galaxy on a ship and it blew up, and now they're not in the Marvel. It'd universe be different anymore. if they had not been on the Infinity Wars. If right. They, if this had happened before Infinity Wars, they could have they could have done it. it. They wouldn't yep. have included them in Infinity Wars yep. and everything. So I still think there is in the the most recent kind of uh, news I've heard is that they're considering doing the uh, they're considering using his script. They they still have him fired, but they're considering yeah, using his script, you. which is one thing uh, that they can do. But I still would like to have him back. I I think if they don't get him back, the only option is to get the Russo brothers to step in and direct yeah. it, since they have already directed so many great ones, and they've directed the Guardians right. in the Infinity Wars Part One and Two. Right. So that's another option of being able to do it. So it, it would be a shame because these movies were really fun, and they take his type of humor that really works. Yeah. With it, like I said, they're all likable characters. But yeah. All right. So we'll move on from that, uh, <laughs> from the hot button. And, and uh, the very beginning of this, we get to see uh, one of my favorite actors, Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. also get the uh, CGI treatment. Yeah. It's so amazing. I was I had it on the other day, and I was uh, showing my wife. I was I was like, look at young Kurt Russell. I was like, isn't that insane? Yeah, no, like it Jack really Burton, is. It, like, I mean, it really is. Best Jack of Burton. times. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, and you, there is not any part of it that makes you think that this was not a young Kurt Russell. Yeah. You, they got the eyes right. They got his face right. It's it just, insane. Like, it's really scary in a way, and it introduces him as. And I knew the ego character. And but I also knew the ego character was kind of a planet, so I was wondering how the hell are they going to work uh, the Kurt Russell as a person with this thing? Yes, and yeah, you realize that he was kind of a celestial that kind of can take a human form. If you uh, and you knew that he was going to be uh, going into it, we knew he was going to be uh, Chris Pratt's dad. Right. Yeah. I mean, can you? It was just amazing how they were able to work him in there because I've always, for many years, wished that Chris Pratt was going to be the new Jack Burton. So this is kind of a great setup for, come on, man. That would be, yeah. He needs to be Jack Burton. That would be, <laughs> you know. But And like you were talking about earlier about just like, you know, random cameos. You got David Hasselhoff. Yeah. You know. Just, I, I totally forgot about that cameo. I wasn't into, even talking to that yeah, one. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like he just turns right into David Hasselhoff. Like, he must have been like, how are you going to work this into the yeah, movie? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Uh, really, know? really fun. And even the callbacks with uh, – 
uh, of the pop culture, which you really can't do in a lot of the different ones. You could do it in Ant-Man because obviously Scott Lang is kind of right. human and he, he yeah. can have all those. But the idea that Chris Pratt was uh, was living during the 80s and right. then he was snatched up by the Ravengers because he's super tall and can squeeze into tight places yeah. basically <laughs> by uh, the Yondu character, which I love. He's probably my favorite character from volume two and i loved them in the first one but they really went deeper into it to uh to the point where it was such a almost sad sentimental uh moment at the end when uh when you realize that he actually looked at the chris pratt character as As his his son son. you know it was really nice yeah uh but the i love the opening i love the opening with the el elo song where they're all running and trying to kill the big monster oh yeah drax has to jump in his mouth and he's doing the stab inside of him and on the outside they realize there's a slit in there and they have to get him to look up and they shoot him and drax comes out i single-handedly destroyed the creature His character is He's so, so much funny. fun. Dude. I love the scene where they meet Mantis for the first time, and he touches him. Oh my oh. god! He just revealed your biggest darkness. <laughs> do me, do me. <laughs> or when he asks Kurt Russell, "Do you have a penis?" <laughs> He's like, "Dude." He's like, "What?" He's like, "I used to talk to my father about impregnating my mom all the time. It was beautiful." Man, you humans have such a hang-up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Or or he keeps telling the Mantis character how ugly she is. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And at the end, where he finally says, "You're." You're beautiful on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really great. Yeah. But going back to that love, Yondu character. Okay, go ahead. Real quick. Yeah. I love, and it is at the end there, you know, where they're all kind of like gathered around and it's it's kind of over. And Mantis is sitting down and she's kind of looking at the screen and this like rock comes and just hits her. And after it hits her, he goes, Mantis, look out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I I love. We get to see a lot more of the uh, the Yondu character, like I said. But uh, another major cameo by uh, Sly Stallone, man. Which one? Stallone, is- Stallone comes in as one of the Ravengers. Remember, uh, Yondu's oh, on the right. Yondu's on the planet just with his shirt off upstairs. Like it looked like he just kind of visited like this uh this alien kind of prostitute and everything uh-huh. and he sees the uh the group down below mm-hmm. and it sets the idea up that uh that yonder used to be legit but because he stole uh, the chris right. pratt character he kind of got banished and now he's kind of on the outskirts with all these scumbags yeah, doing what they gotta do now. yeah we kind of got a little ahead of ourselves is the uh we should mention the gold people. I, I forget what they're called. Yeah. And that, that kind of use those drones when they're in there from right. the inside of their place. But uh, that kind of screws them all up and it really makes things difficult in the movie for him when Rocket steals the batteries. Right. And it was just like an afterthought. He was just did it almost to be funny. Right. And just obviously they were worth money, but he kind of uh, did it to make Drax laugh, basically. Right. And it kind of really bites him in the ass because at the end when they're trying to fight Ego, the gold people finally come back and yeah. everything. And it's also uh, they hire Yondu and the other Ravengers to go and hunt them down. Right. And thankfully, Yondu has kind of a connection with a, a, with the Guardians. A, a bit of a moral compass yeah, towards them. A slight one, yeah, yeah. yeah. And even his uh, his right-hand guy who's, who's actually uh, uh, James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn. Oh, really? He, he plays his brother. He also, uh, weird enough, you know what I'm talking about? The guy who's like... Uh, the guy who's the skinny little guy that actually was uh, driving the ship at the end. I'm and pretty everything. sure I know who he is. Uh, and uh, he's also the guy who wears the green suit and controls the uh, movements for Rocket on set. 
because huh. uh, Bradley Cooper does the voice, yeah. and then Sean Gunn does, which also makes it a little interesting that if his brother was fired, are they going to bring Sean Gunn back, or is Sean Gunn wanting to come back? Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, after his brother was fired, it's yeah. kind of a difficult position to put him in that uh, that just That's makes a, it for makes lack it of hard, a better man. word, that is a clusterfuck. It is. It really is Guardians a clusterfuck. Guardians of the clusterfuck <laughs> is going to be the next one. So at, at some point, uh, which comes to some of my favorite stuff here, uh, where Rocket, Groot, and Yondu get captured by the Ravengers who are basically doing a mutiny on uh, Yondu. Right. Where they, they don't like him controlling everything. And his right-hand man, that Sean Gunn character, actually for a brief period of time, kind of goes along with them until he kind of comes to his senses and tries to help. But one of my favorite things of the whole thing is where Rocket and Yondu are in prison there. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get baby Groot to get the fin. Uh, to get uh, Yondu's fin from the desk. Right. And that he keeps asking him to get it and that he comes back with something different right. every yeah. time. The point where he's bringing, the, bringing a different desk over yeah. and everything. And it goes on for a long time, yeah. which I thought was so funny. Yeah. And Rocket's like, I, I, I know he, you got to be very descriptive. I, he's not going to get what the hell you're talking about. Right. And uh, he finally shows up and the fin drops on the ground and you realize it's his, his right-hand guy. It's, it's Sean Gunn. And he was mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have turned on you and everything and he was like get the ship ready and everything and you get to see Yondu walk and do his great arrow trip yeah man, dude that which thing's is, so which awesome. is still one of my favorite weapons yeah, in no, all it's the Marvel great. universe I mean, it just really. goes right through somebody and just and it really, kill it, shot every it, time it's very important too because remember uh, he 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 doesn't get it quite out, but he's trying to explain to uh, Chris Pratt that he doesn't use his mind to control that thing. Mm-hmm. Because remember, you've got uh, that power that's kind of within Chris Pratt that he can pull up being kind of a son of a celestial yeah. that he needs to use at the end. And remember, right when... Uh, Yondu's kind of being enveloped by the planet. He he says, I don't use the arrow. Uh, I don't control the arrow with my uh, head. I control it with me, my... And he, he starts to say heart. Right. And he doesn't quite get it out. And then luckily Chris Pratt kind of puts Picks it together. it up, yeah. Also, one of my favorite uh, scenes is where uh, Rocket's trying to talk to Baby Groot about hitting the self-destruct button. And he's like, this button is the one you need to push, not this one. This one will destroy the planet. Yeah. And he keeps pointing to the wrong button. And he's like, does anyone have tape? I need to put tape over the death button. No one's got tape. Did you ask uh, Neb- uh, Nebula if she has tape? Yeah. Yes. It's just so funny. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't like a certain amount of comedy in your Marvel movies, yeah. probably The Guardians is probably not yeah. your cup of tea but I love it I, I one of my favorite scenes too with Yondu is when he's floating down and um, Star-Lord's like uh, you, look you look like, like Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins. Yeah. Is, is he cool yeah. he says, yes he's very cool yeah. I'm Mary Poppins yeah. y'all <laughs> Uh, no. There was so many memes when the movie first came out where, where him with the umbrella in his head, oh, like really? Mary Poppins. It was really, really That's funny, awesome. man. Now, I can't remember, and I'm not trying to jump ahead, but I can't remember if this is Infinity Wars or if it's Guardians 2, where Groot is kind of like teenage Groot, and he's playing the, the uh, that's uh, That's Infinity Okay, yeah, all right, yeah, well, yeah, I'll yeah. wait till that <laughs> yeah. then, yeah. Uh, one of the things, and this is what I was talking about with a lot of the cameos, when they show at the very end, once Yondu dies, and you realize that he's got to save, he's only got enough air to, for uh, one person, and he gives it to Star-Lord. Right. And they have that great moment where he's floating in space, and it's it's really sad. I wish he had kind of lived through it, because this is one of the, uh, this is the movie where he finally kind of came out into his own, and he right. could have totally been part of this group. Um, luckily, his his boy, uh, Sean Gunn, is... Uh, presumably part of the Guardians now too. I don't know if I don't think he was in Infinity Wars, but mm-hmm. so I don't know where the hell he is. But when they have that Ravenger kind of funeral, remember they uh, they show up at the end when Yondu's oh, yeah. and uh, 
they show Ving Rhames and they show Michelle Yeoh as really? part of them. Ving Rhames is a character that's on one of these ships that's there to kind of honor Yondu. And I'm like, who the hell is Ving Rhames playing? And yeah. Michelle Yeoh, who's from Super Cop and from Tomorrow Never Dies, you know, she's yeah. that Asian kick-ass yeah. uh, uh, karate uh, expert. And I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to see them again. And you see Stallone, obviously. And right. uh, Stallone's like, oh, we judged him wrong and everything. And at least he gets to have that, uh, that great right. funeral and everything. So I'm hoping that is something that might appear someday uh, in the Marvel Universe, especially since they're really uh, low on superheroes. I'm t- yeah, and point. that's what I was going to say. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Uh, but this next movie that came out, and this is, this is arguably one of my favorites of recent years, mm. is uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, see, it's interesting to me because, like you with Doctor Strange, when I first saw that one, I didn't like it. Really? Yeah. And oh, and I wanted I to, it. you know. You've yeah. watched it since then? I've seen it like five times oh, yeah. now because yeah. every time I watch it, yeah. it gets better and better to so me. So good, man. Yeah. I, I One of the main reasons I love it, not to mention the fact that I've always been a Spider-Man fan, I've always felt over the years they they have not quite got it right. No, you know, and and mainly for me, and I've mentioned it on the last Marvel pod is they've they've cast somebody so old, man. Mm-hmm. You don't cast a twenty eight year old to play a teenager, right? And this should be at the very kind of meat of it a high school movie. And this right. was a great high school movie. This was a movie that uh, this was another one of those movies that you don't have to be a huge Marvel guy to just jump in and enjoy it because right. it's it's kind of that uh, kid who's being bullied, he's being picked down, he's not that popular at school, just mm. kind of coming into his own with these powers, but he's not using them in like kind of a bad way to beat up the bully and right. stuff like that. Yeah, well, he and he knows he wants to do good. He just doesn't yeah. know how to do it yet. And what's you know? beautifully done is he's introduced in Civil War uh, in such a way that uh, you know who he is, you know how, how what he's capable of because he's kind of gone in there when he, hey, underoos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He jumped in and helped. And-, uh, and, and I have to just jump back to that real quick. One of my favorite like Marvel lines ever is when Cap and Spider-Man are fighting, you know, and, and they, they get done with their fight. And he's like, where are you from, kid? And he's oh, like, yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, or he says, Queens, you know. Yeah, one Cap's or the other. from Brooklyn. And, yeah, uh, and, he says, uh, from Queens. Yeah. And he's like, Brooklyn, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, I just, I, I love how they made that rival, you know, come through. In I that love movie. when he's at the pep rally talking to Ned, and they're playing the Captain America thing on the TV at the like uh, at gym class or something. Right. And he's like, "Did you know Cap? He's, yeah, stole a shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really fun, man. But well, one of the great things about this that I really enjoy is. They they have a callback way back to the Avengers, the first Avengers, because Michael Keaton. Uh, oh, that's right. Is cleaning up the city he's from the, the alien attack. The he's, he's got the thing, and then uh, uh, beautifully, uh, Ty Daly, uh, famous for uh, what was the old cop show she was in with? Uh, damn, I can't think of the cop show. The nineteen eighties cop show where she was. Uh, Heat uh, of the night. No, it was her and her female partner. And that was super famous back. Cagney and Lacey. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah she was yeah, in okay. Cagney and Lacey. She came in and she's the one who said, all right, we've got this government contract now. Mm-hmm. It's being taken away from you and everything. Right. And you, you realize that they forgot to take a truckload of the uh, of the alien weaponry, right. which is really brilliant idea of a script to be able to put in that they somehow got a hold of some of the alien weaponry and mm-hmm. they're just selling it so they can get their own and they can support their families and do what they got to do. Right. Because... I mean, very much like, and he, and he throws it in their face. He throws it in uh, Spider-Man's face a couple times in the movie. That what do you think Tony Stark got his money from? You know, right. he sold weapons to the enemy. Right. And uh, 
and but you got to realize, I mean, alien weaponry in the wrong hands is probably not a good thing to be uh, kind of selling on the open market. Alien weaponry in any hands is yeah. probably a bad idea. <laughs> I love Michael Keaton in this man. I love oh, Michael yeah. Keaton in everything, yeah, and I still now. am holding the torch for him to come back as old Batman. But uh, oh, so in the Marvel awesome. universe, as Vulture, I can totally accept that, and they've worked it in a certain way. You could tell by the post-credit sequence that he, he's still he's in jail, but he's he's ready to come out. And I'm not sure he's going to come out until they do the Sinister Six. Uh-huh. I have a feeling, and that's what I would really love to see, is uh, one of the other members of the Sinister Six, uh, six mm-hmm. kind of breaking him out of prison, Ooh, knowing that, that he knows the identity of uh, Thing, right, which Spider-Man, arguably is yeah. going to be Jake Gyllenhaal in uh, the new Spider-Man movie, which is called Spider-Man Far From Home, because he yeah. plays Mysterio. And Mysterio is one of the Sinister Six, the other being uh, Craven. Uh, man, I got to get all of them here. Craven, Morbius is another one, and damn, I can't think of the other ones. What's four? That's four. Shit. <laughs> uh, I'm way off. <laughs> I'm no good. <laughs> the at other that. Sinister Six characters are, but they're really, really great. Uh, but like I said, I love the uh, the idea of the high school movie and Zendaya, who's uh, any fans of modern pop music. The uh, the girl who ends up being Mary Jane, you don't realize she's Mary Jane. Right, Jane. She's yeah. a super famous singer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. I was like watching uh, my uh, wife puts on like some uh, modern pop channel on our TV mm-hmm. just in the background sometimes. And I and it says little tidbits of who, what, of about the star that the song is playing like what about. they've done. What they've done like and everything. That. And they yeah. showed Zendaya. And I was like, oh, that's the girl from Spider-Man Homecoming. And I've heard this song probably a hundred times. I didn't realize huh. it was her. That's funny. And because she really kind of downplays her celebrity in this movie to come in and play that uh, girl. I don't know who the other one is, uh, the other girl who comes in that he really is his love interest in this. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. But I don't know. But uh, for me, one of the... Um, my favorite uh, people in this movie was the the kid playing Ned. He was so yeah. good, man. Yeah, he, he wanted said, to be the guy in the chair, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> he was just that really fun guy, and I love the fact that they worked in a lot of that kid stuff. Like, hey, you want to come over and play with the uh, the yeah. Death Star Legos? It, yeah, and we'll exactly. put it together and yeah. everything. And uh, then the uh, the two scenes that I think of most when I think of Spider Man Homecoming probably are the Washington Monument scene yeah. and the Staten Island Ferry. Yeah, those are the two big kind of moments with it. Uh, actually. Well, before that, yeah, I was gonna say you got to mention your boy Happy. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was gonna say. Before that, that scene was absolutely brilliant at the beginning, where they showed uh, Spider-Man doing his home video mm-hmm. uh, recording camera on himself during the Civil War fight. Right. Which, right. Oh my God, who's that big guy? And who's this? And who's that? And who's yeah. fighting that? And there's Cap. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I, when you can hear him say, "Hey, Underoos," and he's like, "Oh, I gotta go." And then yeah. He shoots off and everything, and then immediately they have him filming himself at the uh, at his hotel room and everything, and then right. you hear a knock on the door, and Happy says, "You know these walls are thin, right?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even Tony catching him doing it in the uh, back of the limo and everything. He's like, "What are you doing? You doing a little video diary?" Yeah. And, everything. and he's talking to. He does that thing where he's talking to Aunt May on the uh, thing. He's, you can edit this later. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's also one of my favorite scenes where Tony reaches over to open the door for him, uh-huh. and uh, Tom Holland. Uh, uh, Peter Parker thinks he's giving him a hug. hug yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's. I'm not giving you a hug. I'm opening the door. We're not yeah. there. We're not there we're, yet. Yeah, <laughs> really fun, man. But yeah. the uh, that Washington Monument scene. Ah, yeah, such a great. great scene, man. And it started. I love the. Uh, one of my favorite comedic moments from there is where uh, Zendaya is down on the ground. She's like, mm. yeah, I don't want to be part of this thing of uh, something built by slaves. And the teacher is like, Washington Monument wasn't bo- uh, built by slaves. And they look at the uh, security guard yeah, and he does like, that thing with his hand. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> <Kinda. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you realize that uh, 
that Peter Parker has to kind of save the day. And it was a great tense moment where he realized uh, the uh, uh, that the integrity of the uh, – or that uh, Ned had the explosive. He had the alien weaponry in his backpack. And right. remember it explodes and why he's in the elevator and the right. elevator starts falling down. And uh, Peter Parker has to use his new suit. Now, do you know who the voice of that is in the suit? Uh, I don't know. It's Jennifer Conley. Really? Who's married to Paul Bettany, the voice of Vision. No shit. Who is the voice of Tony Stark's suit. That's crazy. So it's like a husband-wife thing going on. No so I thought shit. that was really great. I did not know until I got home the first time I saw it. I was yeah. like, what's the voice in the suit? Yeah, and that, that reminds me of the, the hangar scene. You know, where he gets locked in. Yeah, there, when he gets locked he, in the and hangar. And he's like, well, I might as well go ahead and use the yeah, practice mode. Yeah, and he's mode. practicing and he's doing the uh, different things. <laughs> I love how he's like sitting there and he's just waiting for hours and hours. And like she, he says, how long has it been? And she's like... 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like a hammock made out of his web yeah. and everything. He's just, we got to get the hell out of here. So yeah. he decides to break in and everything. I love when these, uh, he's kind of doing surveillance and he doesn't quite know the suit. This is after Ned kind of cracks the, uh, the uh, what do they call it? It was like, uh, remember Tony Stark made the suit. Uh, uh, what do they call it on a bike? Training wheel. The training, training wheel, wheel yeah, protocol. Training wheel protocol, yeah. <laughs> and he breaks it and he doesn't quite know the suit. And Jennifer Connelly's talking to him and he says, do you want the... Uh, instant the kill. Instant kill. Yeah. And his eyes go a little red yeah. and everything. He's like, whoa, whoa, no, take no, me no, off. Take yeah. me off. <laughs> uh, really, really fun. Yeah. And like I said, the Staten Island thing where he, uh, he has to go and uh, really confront uh, the Vulture for the first time. Right. And it just literally splits the Staten Island ferry in half. Yeah. And then Tony has to come down and save. I love that random guy on the boat. And he's like, yay, Spider-Man. Yeah. And then when he doesn't, when it, all the webs break and Iron Man starts like saving the day, yay, Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think of all these great scenes in this movie, my favorite is still when Michael Keaton is driving him yes. and his daughter to the prom. It's man. dark, man. It's dark. It's dark. It's really, really great. Because you realize the second he opens the door, and I had totally forgot. It, it took me by surprise. When he opened the door, I think maybe a lot of people realized that it was Michael uh, Keaton who was going to open the door. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. When he opened the door and it was I Michael Keaton. I think I realized it just before it Maybe happened. just a couple yeah. seconds yeah. before it, I think I did. But it really was, uh, and it was brilliant when it happened. I was yeah. like, oh my God, that's just a whole other level here. Yeah. I said, he is dating the Vulture's daughter. I remember when she had the party. That's what. Oh, I really? That yeah, hit you that's, then? That's yeah, what it, it didn't was. hit me then. I was just in because I just it. thought to myself, like, what kind of kid has a house like this? Yeah. Unless their parent is, you know, True. a criminal mastermind. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when they're in that thing, and he tells his daughter to go in, he's going to have the dad talk with Peter and everything. And yeah. He's, and he immediately says, "Does she know?" And, mm-hmm. and then Peter doesn't even answer. He's like, "He says, good, keep it close to the chest." He's like, "I appreciate that." He says, right. "Well, you know, you've saved my daughter, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna spare you and everything. But if yeah. you involve yourself in my business again, I will kill you yep. and everyone that's important to you and everything." Yep. And he's like, "You go show my girl a good time, but not too good of a time." Yeah. Oh man, only Michael Keaton can do that yeah. kind of, yeah, like, really it's, it's, kind of shady type character. Yeah, man. it's an intimidating darkness that you can feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the way he looks, the way he talks, the oh, way yeah. he kind of cocks his head down just a little bit and yeah. looks at you cross. Oh like, yeah. You know, we've it, seen that over the years and a lot of his stuff. You want to get nuts? Let's, Let's get nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I love the fact that very similar to the Batman, the vulture kind of relies on that suit. He doesn't have right. any special powers. Right. I mean, other than that suit and everything. And yeah. he's really striving to, to steal this where alien weaponry, but realizing it in the movie that he's going to eventually run out of the supply he has. So he's going to have to steal 
kill some. Right. And uh, I love the guy who's his like weapons creator. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He was in Orange Is New Black, and I've seen him in a couple different things he was like in, that. He was uh, really good. Uh, Dale and Tucker, Tucker versus Evil. Oh, he was in that. Yeah. I didn't realize he was yeah. in that he's, too. He's the fat pudgy guy. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. I love the uh, the black guy that be- eventually becomes Shocker. He was really he was in The Rock. Right. And he yeah. was in uh, the season two of Fargo. He was amazing in season two of Fargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was great in that too. Uh, but I love the idea that the they're moving the Avengers to the new things, so they've got to pack that uh, that really great stealth plane with as much cargo, like everything, yeah. like Cap's new shield. Yeah. They're, they're mentioning the cargo on there and right. everything, and it's, yeah. And they have like a lot of those uh, that thing that's in uh, uh, Tony's, Tony's chest. chest. They right. got like fifty of them there, right? And that Michael Douglas even says, you know, if we just get one box, Keaton. one crate, Michael so Michael Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that Michael Keaton yeah. says, yeah, if we just get one thing yeah. or i think it was the the pudgy guy that uh, is helping him says that if you just get one box bo- yeah. hot boss we're gonna be set for forever and everything right. and you realize that peter's got to stop man he's got to take that uh plane down and i love when he finally takes it down and he's got michael keaton all tied up he leaves that note that's almost almost written with crayon and everything i captured the vulture for you uh 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 your friendly your friendly neighborhood spider man yeah. or something like that, that <laughs> yeah. was really really fun man uh and like I said, it ends all kind of with Vulture in prison, and you get to see. Uh, oh, I think that's one of the Sinister Six. I think Scorpion. Oh, okay, is, is he part comes of up to him. Yeah, yeah. And that guy's from uh, uh, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really, really great in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen him several times before, and uh, kind of uh, he keeps the secret I, that he doesn't know uh, uh, who Peter is. He, right. He even says, "If I knew he was, he was, he'd be dead right now." Yeah, exactly. But he's playing the long game. Yeah. We will well, see Michael Keaton yeah, again. It's not like you're going to be, of course I do. Of course I do. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah no, that's not that's what you're some, talking about. Exactly. So, yeah, it was really fun, man. I, I love it. I love the fact where he uh, he takes him all the way down to like, where he was going to officially make him a member of the Avengers. You know, you can get the room right next to Vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't go through, he goes through walls a lot. And, though, yeah, and, <laughs> and I thought that was cool at the end where he walks up and, you know, and he tells him there's press outside, yeah. there's 50 people yeah. waiting for you, this is your new suit that we're going to announce you being an Avenger. Yeah. And he's like, you know, no, I don't think I'm ready. And he walks away and he goes, this was a test, wasn't it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it yeah, was, it was kids. And then people walks out the door. Yeah, and there's 50 reporters yeah. and they're waiting. You know, that's cool. I love when they do stuff like yeah, that. it was really great. Yeah. Well, here's another one that... Uh, fun one, too. This this one is super fun, man. Yeah. My cousin just watched this. We uh, work together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Hello, new Doug. <laughs> that's my favorite line from the whole thing. Uh, so this is Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And uh, this was brilliantly direct, directed by a guy named uh, Taka Watati. I'm sure I'm butchering that, but he was mm-hmm. really good. He's actually the voice of that core guy that oh, really? says, oh, here's the new Doug, that really soft-spoken yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the director <laughs> who does the voice for him. Yeah. And uh, my cousin just watched this for the first time the other day, and it uh-huh. said it was the first time in like 20 years that he watched a movie mm-hmm. and then immediately started again. And really? watched it a second time. Yeah. So he watched it over four hours, just watched it twice. Yeah. He loved it that much. I know the last time <clears> I rented <throat> it, I watched it four times in two days. Really? Yeah. It's so fun, man. Yeah, it's, it's so, it's so fun. much the music, fun. The music, I would own feel. the score for this. Yeah, even, in a even, you know, the way that they did the lettering. Yep. You know, absolutely. it's got that 80s Atari, you know, Atari, what I mean? exactly. Like, That's a great way to explain uh, it. It's uh, very Atari like. Yeah. And we knew it coming in that it was going to be something different. It was the way that it had that kind of 80s feel to it, and people were talking about it's very John Carpenter type music and right. was really, really neat and that it was going to be something different, but it was also 
you had two different elements because you kind of felt like the the trash planet was very kind of fun and 80s and colorful and everything but right. then you've got the stuff happening back on Asgard exactly. which was very kind of uh, serious yeah. uh, with Ragnarok so the opening is uh is Thor fighting that uh that fire fire who was voiced crown. by the great Clancy Brown. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I didn't realize who that. does voices for everything. He's a voice of Mr. Krabs yeah. and uh thing. Yeah, yeah. He's, and I obviously remember him from the uh, the asshole guard from uh Shawshank and right. the bad guy from uh Pet Cemetery 2. Yeah. I just think of him eating you the mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in so much stuff I love and I follow him on Twitter. He's really a fun cool cool guy. Yeah. But yeah, it starts with him with the fire monster and then immediately goes to, uh, he brings back kind of the head to Asgard. That's right. You yeah. get to see, uh, remember the- uh, Matt Damon the, and- uh, Matt Damon, uh, Chris Helmsworth's brother. Yeah, yeah. Who's actually in Westworld. Uh, uh-huh. He's famous in Westworld. And then uh, uh, Odin's played by the great Sam Neill. Oh yeah, yeah he that's plays right. Yeah. And then you realize that the the real Odin, who you think is just lost his mind because yeah. he's sitting there watching this weird parody, ends yeah. up being Loki, right? Uh, who doing his kind of just Loki type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I love this was almost the final Loki film. We get, did get to see him briefly in the, a movie coming up. Yeah, yeah. but um, and I, I have to brilliantly worked in this. Film oh yeah, yeah, you know, and I mean, I have to say, like when they found uh odin and went to the sea to talk to him and he knew he was like i have very few seconds left you know like i I don't know that was a touching scene it was you know i mean and he he comes back to that scene a couple times in the movie kind of to draw every time he comes back he ends up drawing that energy so it's so cool it's really really cool but he he kind of breaks it to him right before it happens that i hey your sister yeah she's gonna come back and she's pissed yeah (laughs) Yeah. and brilliantly played by uh the kate blanchett Blanchett. who looks just badass man and when she comes she kicks ass man. like when she's standing in front of the whole asgard and be like hey I was kind of shunned by my dad. I love when she breaks the, the mural, ceiling. Yeah. And then it comes down and above and it's it is above it is what really happened yeah. going on there. Right. And how we used to rule the world. Yeah. We took out the They uh, were gonna take the, all the realms. All the realms, yeah. yeah. And you she know. had the big kind of like wolf, wolf with her and yeah. everything. Uh. And then the uh all the other uh people and the uh what was the uh the female league of like warriors that were in Asgard. Remember the girl, oh, or girl on the trash. Planet yeah. Was one of them. It'll come. To do me. I have it listed here? Maybe I do. Uh, wasn't Damn, I can't remember her name. It, yeah. I, I can't remember. Yeah, it. Maybe I'll hit. Yeah. Me. But, uh, so I, I love that she kind of, uh, and it, it really, this kind of all goes bad because, uh, Loki wants to send her, uh, wants to bring him and Thor back to Asgard. And she kind of, Get sucked up in the uh, kind of the thing bringing them back. I mean, if he didn't have remember, Thor tries to stop him, and he was like Loki, no, right? But ends up bringing her back Shoot. to Asgard inadvertently, yeah, and which ends up becoming a big thing. You should mention uh, the great Carl Urban coming in as like the uh, the executioner, executioner as she makes yeah. him the executioner because I loved him in uh, Dread Man, and I love him as oh, McCoy yeah. in the he's, Star Trek movies. Yeah, he's, he's just great, great man. Yeah. I loved him ever since. I think the first time I saw him was in the Lord of the Rings uh, movies. He was in the oh, Two really? Towers and Return of the King. That might have been the first thing I saw him, but I loved him as Bones in the Star Trek movies. Uh-huh. It was so funny. I love when he's got the uh, the two girls yeah. there, and he pulls out the two uh, M16s, oh, yeah. you know, just, and like uh, he, it shows some comedy in his character yeah. right there. And then, you know, Kate Blanchett shows up, takes out pretty much 
all of Asgard. That badass, man. Yeah. And, and she's got those horns that she can appear and then disappear. Yeah. And she oh, just, like, she slicks just them back. slings those knives. Oh, like, man. And, I mean, those things are not just, like, metal knives. Like, they go through stones, yeah. you know? like. And you realize these people, they're going to have to flee. And not until later in the movie do you realize that they're I, all kind of hiding. Well, Idris Elba. And uh, Idris Elba playing, uh, what, what the hell is his name? Uh, Heimdall? I think uh, yeah. it's Heimdall. Because I think he was the... It. He was the guy that stood. The seer. He was the seer. You know, right. he could see everyone. And I love there's a scene later in the movie where Thor's actually seeing through his eyes and he's seeing through Thor's eyes right. when he's on that trash planet and everything. Yeah. I thought that was great. And he's kind of not only hiding the people, but he's hiding the Bifrost sword, which is what Kate Blanchett really needs right. to kind of rule the, the, rule, the yeah. rule the different galaxies and everything like that. Yeah. And he's smart enough to know to keep it from her. Yeah. But where this movie really takes off to being just this fun romp is when... It's such a fun side, you know, story. Yeah, it really is. So he gets sent to this trash planet ruled by the Grand Master, beautifully played by uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yep. Oh, my God. Every scene, very similar to every scene with Michael Pena being ruled by uh, in the Ant-Man movies, when Jeff Goldblum's on the scene and he's just yeah. doing his funny things. Just, I don't need the melting stick. Yeah. He interrupted me. That's yeah. not, that's, that, that doesn't warrant the melting stick. Yeah. <laughs> or he killed his own cousin yeah. uh, and everything. And he's, oh, I got it. It's on my, it's on my toes. It's on my feet. Yeah. <laughs> and Thor's watching it happen. He's like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> But you realize shortly on that this is a planet ruled by this guy, and uh, he basically was the it's first like one. yeah, and he's he the, was first the first one. one there, and it's basically a gladiator planet, right? Where he's anybody that he captures, they're either food or they're a gladiator. Yeah, food or a fighter. Yeah, food or a fighter. Yeah, and uh, you realize that the one girl who ends up becoming from Asgard is uh, friendly with the uh, with the Hulk, who right. who we realize certainly they don't. The problem with this is... is they, they talk about fighting the champion. Yeah. He says, oh, do you think he's going to be a match for my champion? Yeah. You know? and It would have been great if they could keep this from us before the movie came out, but yeah. I completely understand that that's a major marketing thing. That oh, you, yeah. You want him on the poster. You want to draw you, people you in. You want to see Thor and Hulk yeah. fight. And so know? they, they kind of had to blow that big right. kind of uh, spoiler that the Hulk was going to be and in the movie. Because they, it would have been brilliant if they hadn't. Well, even but, if they hadn't, though, I mean, 24 hours, it would everybody would have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why usually when I go see one of these movies, I, like with Infinity War, we knew we had to be like that right. day, go yeah. see it. And luckily we did because spoilers just boom, off everywhere after yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think my... Uh, I don't think my cousin's seen it, and I still think that he's not sure. And if you're listening to this, Eric, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be in trouble when uh, when uh, Infinity Wars comes on because I remember it afterwards. I, I, I had seen it like it was like a month later, and I was like, "You gonna go see uh, Infinity Wars?" He's just like, "Yeah." He's just like, kind of got spoiled. I heard that Spider Man dies in it. And I, was like, uh-huh. I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> You're gonna be really pissed. Yeah. <laughs> when you find out what happens. Uh, <clears throat> but anyways, yeah. So Jeff Goldblum comes in, and I love that character of Korg when uh, the big rock creature, yeah. voiced by the director, who's yeah. so soft spoken. Hello, new hey, Doug. Hey, mate. How yeah. you doing? He's, and he's this huge he's rock this monster. huge guy, yeah. and uh, I love him talking about his buddy there. And he's like, he's like, what is this? Uh, are these eggs that are coming out of you, or is this some <laughs> sort of thing that you're uh, kind of uh, uh, get coming out of your body? Yeah. <laughs> and he calls. He says, Yeah, Doug. Our, our buddy Doug used to think he could beat the champion. Yeah. Good luck, good Doug. New yeah. Doug. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, when that like that line you said when we started, you yeah. know, and when he sees the Hulk for the first time because it, it's and this build-up. He's build coming up. out. Yeah, it's he's coming out strong too. Uh, and another major thing with this is the Hulk talks. Right. You know? Yeah. And in the comics, he did. There was a in it. It was a great progression, similar to the comics, where he was just he grunted. He said, "We're right. puny human." Or, yeah. Or puny god. Yeah. Was yeah, his yeah. thing, but uh, in the, which brings me to that great scene where. Uh, 
where Thor gets slammed back and forth by yeah. thing and uh, Loki watching in the Grandmaster's booth yeah. says, ah, yeah. that's how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, unless you were familiar with the Avengers, you would right. have no idea what yeah. the hell he's talking about. Right. But I love when he he attacks the Hulk for the first time and sends him reeling all across the uh, the kind of uh, the Coliseum. And, and Jeff Gold, everyone's silent. Jeff yeah. Goldblum's only word is, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't realize it. And then, uh, like, very similar to kind of like uh, Russell Crowe and Gladiator that the, uh, the the entire crowd starts rooting for God of Thunder, Thunder, yeah. Thunder, yeah. you know? Because they're very fickle of who their, uh, their champion is. And right. chances are they've probably seen Hulk fight 30, 40 times and yeah. destroy people, but they all get the masks and on it and everything. Yeah. And really, I love when he's like talking with the Hulk back in the room, you know, when he sees the Hulk in like that, that pool area yeah. kind of there. And he's like, you friends with Banner, you're not friends with Hulk. Right, and yeah. He's, he's realizing, you realize that that Banner is not even there, man. Yeah, you know, he's, he, he's happy being the Hulk and he just, I don't know how he keeps his level up where he doesn't change back to Banner, but you are really convinced that he may not ever change back. Well, I think he said at one point in the earlier movies, um, you know, or, or no, I think it was actually a later movie. I'll hold off on that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, because he, he never turns into the Hulk in Infinity War. Even right. though you see him in the trailer, yeah. and at the very beginning, I think you see him in that fight in the yeah, woods. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> get ahead of it. Get ahead of it. But uh, yeah, I think Thor realizes that uh, the Hulk got there by that one ship that's in the trash yard, and that's when you realize that that's what he has to get into uh, to get out. Yeah. But I, I love that when he gets there and the Hulk comes in, and he, he kind of doesn't want Thor to leave after a while because he's just, if anything, he enjoys his companionship of talking to him right. and everything. He's like destroying the ship as he's like walking yeah. through and everything. But then uh, suddenly the uh, the audio of or, or the video of Romanoff gets yeah. flipped on. Yeah. And that's what does it, man. Yep. Because she's the one that kind of calmed him down. It's getting uh, the sun's going down, big guy yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Which even Thor tried to do it to him at the beginning. And right. Kind yeah. Of like backfired on. Yeah. But you get to see uh, Banner come back, and Banner has no frigging clue of anything that's been happening. Yeah. No, no idea. He remembers fighting Ultron, and that's it. And how long ago that was in the, the stream of things with the uh, Marvel movies? Shit, that was movie number 10 that uh, Ultron. Yeah, that's so, so he has crazy. no clue what the hell's going on. I love when he keeps coming back to that one girl and he's like, you look familiar to me. See, you look familiar to me. When they yeah. keep going back and forth to each other. Right. But I, I love they realize that they have to steal the uh, the Grandmaster's... Uh, like an orgy ship. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't touch anything in here. Yeah. <laughs> it was a cool looking ship, yeah. that yellow, super sleek. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. That thing was badass. And it was. It was a yeah. total party ship. Like, and I love him trying to explain the banner what's going on. Why am I dressed like Tony? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I had to give you clothes. It's the only thing you had. You were naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, realizing that he, they've got to actually go back and escape and go back to Asgard and kind right. of save the day because shit's getting bad back yeah. there with, uh, with Ella, which is, uh, or yeah, that was her name, Hello, right? H-E-L-A, uh, I think that's how you... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or Helena or uh, something. Something like that. So yeah, yeah, she's kicking ass back there. She already realizes that uh, that Idris is uh, keeping him in the cave. Not to go off too off topic, but you hear in the news just the last two days, uh, Idris is like super close becoming Bond. Really? The, the producers are oh, saying, we want him. I'm so on board. Uh, and that, he dude. has been on board for years. Oh. I am so on board. Yeah, I've, been, I, I remember I've been waiting him for 10 years to become That's Bond. what I was going to say. I, I know at least seven years. I remember oh. the moment they announced it. Yep. 
There was so much controversy He's, about having it's a so black stupid, James Bond. Man. So stupid. Come on, people, wake the, up. The only thing Bond needs to be is British. Exactly. That's yeah. all he needs That's to be. That's all it needs to be. It could man. be a woman as long as it's British. You yep. know. Well, see, and, and I always thought that you know if they if they needed to do something, they could take. Uh, Money Penny, because him and Money Penny had yeah. that thing going on, mm-hmm. and you know she could become the next Bond. Yeah, you know I had no problem with it becoming with that too. But Idris is one of those things that everyone loves Idris Elba. You, you don't find anyone who doesn't like Idris Elba, no matter what people you go through. And it's 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 weird because usually uh, any kind of uh, any kind of comic book news that comes across on Facebook, I I. For some reason, I can't keep away from checking out the comments, and then when I go on the comments, I wish I had never gone on there right. because it's nothing but blatant fanboy racism or just That's bullshit so or people complaining about every little thing that you've made the torch black or you've done this or you've done that. I'm like, who cares, yeah. man? As long as the character is great and they can exactly. do it for the role, it that's awesome. Yeah. But I, I clicked on the one for Bond and overly favorable. That's like awesome. 80%, that's 90%. So awesome, everyone dude. is so yeah. happy about I just being it. Everyone would, because he's been on that show Luther. I don't know if you ever saw that. It's a British kind of a cop show called Luther. I've heard of it. But yeah. I and seen he's it. the star of that. And it's, it's, going to be such a natural progression you put him in a he just looks great in a suit you put him in a suit absolutely you put him Bond, in a suit so. and a jaguar come on man Give so if the producers are on board the... i think it's a far gone conclusion that's going to happen because yeah. he's been on board forever yeah he's, he wants to become Bond, and i want to see that yeah you know and what i mean daniel craig's ready to step down yeah i mean i, I can't like, I can't like see every him doing like every one. bond that comes before him by the time they get on that last movie they're like oh, i'm done with I, this yeah. and when right. i hear as a fan that you're done with it be done with it yeah yeah exactly you know so anyways uh so Idris has to come, uh, and he's ready to kind of like defend Asgard for as much as he can on that kind of rainbow bridge. And, yeah. and luckily, uh, Thor and uh, Loki come back. Uh, remember, I think Loki comes back first. He's like, I've come here to save you all. Yeah. Uh, remember, <laughs> yeah. remember Korg comes back with that ship, too, because we didn't mention that earlier on. Uh, Remember, someone breaks into that circle where the Galadiers hang yeah, out. Yeah, which throw is him really a gun. Cool. He says, "This is from the God of Thunder," and yeah. he's like, "The revolution has begun." Yeah, and remember yeah. he finds the remote control. Remember Loki's on the ground, like oh uh, yeah, that's like right. free, freaking out because he puts uh, that thing on uh, Loki's. Thor puts that thing on Loki's neck that kind of shocks him yeah. and throws the remote over, and then Cork kind of uh, turns it off, and, right? And that helps him, gets him in the uh, ship, and then they come back to I save have come Asgard to rescue you. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> and I love that even Carl Urban comes comes to his senses at right. the end well and i mean he was just trying to survive man yeah. you know I, I get that but it's like you don't want to yeah you don't want to be that guy helping the nazis yeah, you know? exactly <laughs> yeah just because you want to live yeah, yeah no, but at yeah. least if, if there's anything uh and he gives his life for it at least yeah, it may be different if he, and he brings if, out the m16 he brings out those man. two guns man. Yeah, he we, named we them. seem to have endless clips but uh, i'll well, forgive that they, no they did they ran out yeah they, they did know. eventually yeah. run out, but she he gets stabbed in the uh chest yeah uh, I love that uh, the the fire creature comes back. And yeah, well, you realize that's that, what it was. Ragnarok yeah. was a prophecy. Yeah. it was going to happen. It was going to happen. Know? Yeah, and uh, you know, so he comes up. He takes out Helena or Helen, yeah. you know, whatever her name is, and um, and you see him just destroying Asgard. Yeah. you know, it, it really is. And you realize it. And Odin said it to him earlier. Asgard is where its people are. Yeah, you know? exactly. And they, it could be anywhere. So yep. they obviously they're going to be taken kind of almost like Battlestar Galactica style to a different planet, to a different land where right. they can just rebuild. And yep. that'll be the new Asgard, which we have not seen yet, which nope. I am so looking forward to. Because at some point you would imagine after the Infinity War Part Two, they're going to have to go back to these solo movies, you know, and that's, 
That's the problem when you're building up to such a big thing. Yeah. You don't know where they're going to go afterwards. Yeah. Where is the Marvel no, Universe going to be? It, you know, so it's, it's going to be pardon, interesting. Pardon the pun, but from here on out, it's just a spider web of where everything could go. Ah, you know? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go to the... Uh, we got three more movies left here. and the, uh, This was a one that everyone's been waiting for for the long time. It's, this was uh, a big one. Yeah, it's 2018's Black Panther, and I loved it, man. So I, good. This was one of the ones uh, that I, I couldn't wait because... I loved the character. I loved he was he started in uh, I want to say Fantastic Four number forty six. So he started. It's amazing. Like that goes back to me wondering why they haven't done the Fantastic Four right because a lot of people start from Fantastic Four comic books. Interesting. And this was one of the major ones. Was Black Panther started in it and. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautifully directed by Ryan Coogler. Do you know who he is? No. He's the director of Creed. Really? And that's why they got Michael B. Jordan to, oh, to kind of come in as uh, Killmonger. He's so good. And it's really good in this. Yeah, I, I, I was still hoping there was some way that they could bring him back. Yeah. I think he. I think he wishes that too. Yeah, I, but I, it really was a fantastic movie, and this was a one that was completely wide open. Uh, we had never seen Wakanda before, other than little glimpses of it here and there. And yeah. uh, and uh, like I said at the end of Civil War, you got to see just like the panther, the panther and the, and and the and jungle, and kind yeah. of the jungle, and that's about it. And I love the opening and uh, in Detroit. Which they kind of give give a seed to you of of the spies that they had there, and Sterling right. K. Brown, who was uh, who was amazing in uh, that Hotel Artemis, and he's yeah. in that show. This is us. He's huge right now. Big flavor of the month. He's in the new Predator movie. Oh, really? Uh, can't that comes that. out. Oh, can't wait. When is Soon. That? It's like September, man. Yeah. It's like a month away. Really, really great. So uh, Sterling K. Brown comes out, and you realize that he's kind of working as a revolutionary in Detroit and then remember the uh, the Black Panther kind of T'Challa's father before right. he was killed in uh, at the UN explosion comes down and uh, reveals that somebody's been uh, stealing uh, vibranium right. and bringing it to, uh, to kind of the world because right. it's supposed to be. People think even to this movie that Wakanda is this uh, poor, third world yeah. country, poor country, and yeah. they're all about people thinking that's how it is. Yeah. But in actuality, it's one of the most technologically advanced Civilizations. because yeah. of the vibranium that's like controls everything. It's, everything. In, it's in the volcano. It controls their weaponry. It controls yeah. all their tech. And I, um, not to get ahead, but I love, uh, I love T'Challa's sister, Shuri. Oh yeah. Played brilliantly by, uh, Letitia, uh, Letitia Wright. Mm. She's so great. She's one of my favorite characters. She's basically the Q of this uh, kind of movie with the gadgets and everything like that. She's like a James Bond Q. And this is kind of a James Bond movie in a lot of ways too, Mm -hmm. with T'Challa kind of being the James Bond character. Well, and his guard, I don't know her name. Oh, Um, Donna, uh, that's Michonne from, uh, The Walking Dead. Oh really? Yep, Michonne. Or, and then, uh, the other woman is, uh, 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 Lupita, uh, Lupita Nyong'o is her name. Uh-huh. She was uh, she plays that little character in uh, The Force Awakens that was kind of like Yoda on the planet. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, but she yeah. was also in Twelve Years a Slave. She was really good. She uh-huh. was the main slave that uh, gets beaten at the end. Uh-huh. Uh, she was really really great in that. But uh, yeah, everyone they cast in this, you've got uh, we've got Forrest Whitaker. Forrest oh, Whitaker yeah. is the older version of the guy that was in Detroit. So right. what you realize is that. One of the that Sterling K. Brown was a spy, and they kind of just put the seed in your head at the beginning of the movie that something happened, uh, and it kind of you don't find out exactly what it is until later on how it's kind of connected to Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. So they throw that in there, and uh, then they kind of take us right to uh, um, to well, Wakanda because it's shortly after Civil War. 
because they need to kind of crown a new Black Panther. Right. Now that Black Panther died at the UN explosion. Right. And so um, he has the fight with the... With the opposing kind of uh, tribe. tribe. Yeah. There, that guy, I can't remember his name, but he ends up becoming an ally, big time ally. Not only in the end of this, but also in Infinity War. Right. Uh, so it's great that we got to see what all their customs were and their tech were and that the basically the ceremony for him to be crowned Black Panther is uh, if anyone wants to challenge him, this is the time. So he goes into that fight. Right. And, uh, then he actually And they has take to be, away the power of the Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, at this point, he didn't have it. When he Remember when he had it uh, later on when he fights Michael B. Jordan is when they take it away. Oh, okay. Yeah, because remember, at this point, he didn't have it until he goes through that ceremony. I thought they stripped it from him at the ceremony so that it would be a fair fight against the other guy. That was where when he fights Michael B. Jordan. Not when he fought the other guy? Not when he fought the other guy, because he's not... He hasn't been crowned Black Panther at this point. Uh, I'm going to disagree I'm, Really? With you. Well, I'll yeah. have to rewatch it, but yeah. I'm pretty sure, because he hasn't drank it yet. Right, well, no, that's the thing. Is that's where he becomes... That's order, what they're stripping away. Right, but they strip it away once the challenge is made. But he didn't. He didn't get the. He didn't know. get the liquid until later on when All they right. bury him. We're gonna have to do some research on Re- this. Remember, one. he does the fight, and then he gets buried in the sand. And right. And before that's when gets, they give it back to him. How did he have it beforehand, though? He he hadn't even become Black Panther yet. Yes, he had. No. What? Yeah, when he's fighting that guy, he that was when he's initially becoming Black Panther. I don't think he has. He that became at all. the Black Panther right after his dad died in Civil War. Mm, I don't think he officially became Black Panther after that, though. Okay, we're yeah. gonna have to. do well, some We'll research. have to. I'll do some. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, he ends up. Uh, remember, he has to go through his burial right. and everything, and they give him the liquid and, he and sees everything. His and, father. Did, and he sees his father, and yeah. then he wakes up all of a sudden, like he comes out of some like uh, being like hypnotized or some like drug, a trance, like a trance or yeah. something. And then everything is great. You know, everything's uh, wonderful, except he's got to, uh, that's when he has to kind of go kind of find Andy Serkis. Mm -hmm. And the first time we saw Andy Serkis was in uh, Age Ultron. Remember, he's the one who loses his arm. Ultron just pulls it off his friggin' body. Oh, my gosh. And everything. And uh, uh, by this time now, when we see Andy Serkis, he's got a new arm on there. Like a really badass arm, too. Yeah, with a giant laser gun cannon. So he has to go to the... um, where was it? I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, it was South Korea. South Korea, he has to go to the casino because he knows Andy Serkis is going to be doing a kind of exchange for diamonds uh, with Marty Martin Freeman, uh-huh. who, who's famous for playing, uh, obviously, uh, Bilbo Baggins in the Hobbit movies and everything, but he's like a CIA agent. Uh-huh. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah, remember, he goes there with uh, Michonne. He goes there with Lupita, mm-hmm. and uh, they're kind of undercover. Remember, uh, uh, Michonne's pissed. She's got to wear the wig. Just, yeah. Oh, just flip it around. Yeah. <laughs> so they're at the casino, and they realize shortly on that things are going to go bad. Someone recognizes uh, or comes up to Michonne, and she immediately has to kind of change into her guard uniform, and that's when the fight starts. Yeah. Which starts in the casino, and it's badass. You see Andy Serkis shooting that big-ass gun of his on his arm. Yeah. And it kind of takes to the street, and I love it. I love when you get to see Shuri uh, r- driving the drone car. And oh, that's when yeah. you realize that they have the ability to just do that, which Marty Freeman uses it later on when he's flying the, the ship. Yeah. But at this time, he's just in that badass vehicle and they're shooting through the streets of friggin' South Korea, just yeah. being badasses and yeah. everything. Loved it, man. I love that scene really uh, a lot. But even before that, I loved the uh, the scene with Michael, with our kind of introduction to Michael B. Jordan is at the museum. Right. Remember, he's going through and he's asking the curator, what's this? What yeah. country is this from? What country yeah. is that from? Yeah. And he comes up to that big ass spear. 
and uh, she says it's from a different place. And he's like, no, actually, it was from Wakanda. It was uh, it was stolen and brought to this place. And right. And he's like, don't worry, I'll, I'll take it off your hands. Yeah. And she's like, oh, none of this stuff's for sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't understand what yeah. I was saying, really. And uh, then they realize that and he's with kind of Andy Serkis, and they're stealing uh, – he steals that spear and that's kind of what they're dealing with at the casino. That was what they were going to exchange for the diamonds was that head of that spear. Remember he wraps it in like a brown paper bag. Yeah. And he's like, I, I would have given it to you in like a briefcase, but I wanted to save the money. Or yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, after the casino thing where, uh, is when Michael B. Jordan kind of, uh, betrays Andy Serkis's character right. at the, uh, kind of the airport. There. Yeah. And he doesn't have any idea that he's from Wakanda. Remember, he's like, I want you to drop me off in Wakanda. And he's like, oh, that's not the place you want to go, kid. Yeah. And then he kind of lowers his lip. Yeah. Showing that he he was actually a Wakandan guy. And he's like, yeah, I should have known that you uh, were more powerful than you thought and everything. So that's when Michael B. Jordan shows up with the body of Andy Serkis and just kind of drags him into Wakanda. Yep. And uh, the guy from Get Out, I can't remember his real name, but the guy from Get Out is kind of the first person he comes across. Yeah. And luckily... Because he was very angry at the fact that they had lost him because he wanted revenge. And they tried to go after him and they lost him. That's right. And so... He was actually looking at T'Challa as yeah. like being weak, you yeah. know. Which is kind of difficult because the guy from Get Out was actually dating uh, the Michonne character, mm-hmm. who is like super. I'm for Wakanda. Exactly. They had that great scene at the end where yeah. they're face to face, and he's like, "Would you would you actually kill me?" And he's like, "For Wakanda, absolutely, absolutely." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, it's. It's really frustrating watching it because you want him to just to kill Killmonger. Exactly, yeah. And like screw tradition and everything. But this is what these people are all about. And they literally, uh, that for sure, they definitely take the fucking power from for sure when he kills Killmonger. He does not realize how powerful Killmonger is. And they show all those scars on his body. Everyone's for Everyone's for something. And and he's like, like, and I I killed all these people just to get get to you, you. man. And he whoops his ass. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He he does. He beats the shit out of him. Yep, it just throws him over the uh, waterfall. Cliff. Yep, and then they end and up you dragging realize, him up to the snow. Yep, and it, you realize, oh, Trump just became president. <laughs> 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 and, and the shit's not going to be the way that it's supposed to be. And you realize yeah. that he's like choking people out. And yeah. you guys, and uh, Wakanda's been in the shadows for too long. We need to show the rest of the world who we really are. And yep. No, he's trying is, to take over the world. And, and immediately, like, like when it happens, you realize that it's going to fracture who's on whose side and everything. Yeah. Is. And you know his sister's not going to go along with it. Sure. Neither is Lupita. Who they, Who's his mother? Uh, Angela Bassett. That's who yep. it is. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. got – they almost immediately when he kills uh, – T'Challa that they're like almost shuffled off. Let's go. Right. Yeah. That they, because well, they're immediately because thinking. the next thing that happens after so you know after a new king comes yeah. in, they usually kill the family. Yeah. Or anyone know? that's not kind of one hundred percent kind of on loyal board with and what let's he's do doing. Whatever you want to do. I love that. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is where they decide to go to back to the uh, the guy from the opposing tribe. Who, uh, yeah. who you realize that he was the guy that T'Challa beat in that first challenge and uh, realizing that he, he wants – they want him on board with kind of going against him and everything and not realizing that him and his tribe have actually saved T'Challa right. and dragged him out of the water and everything and that he's alive and everything. So when and they, they said, move him, yep. he'll die within seconds. Yep. You know, like they just had him kind of meditating or yep. something in this snow and remember – uh, Killmonger had the uh, the priests and priestess 
kill all those blue oh, flowers, yeah. but they had stolen one, you yeah. know, so they had enough to give him the strength of the Black Panther. Yeah, which and, is really great. Oh, yeah. I, I also, we kind of skipped over the fact that uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker reveals that he was the little kid or that younger guy that was right. next to Sterling K. Brown that was the opposing spy that kind of gave up. Well, because he was a prince, yep. you know, he had right to the throne. He wasn't just some Wakandan. That yeah, was... you realize that that was Sterling K. Brown's son right. and that his father literally died in his arms with the Black Panther claws still in his in his back and his chest. Right. And uh, so he really, if you really wanted to be a stickler for details and tradition, yeah. that he had every right to be able to kind of take it, but he ends up slaying uh, Forrest Whitaker, sticks the uh, kind of sword right through his chest because he was like, hey, if you want anyone to blame, blame me. I'm the one who kind of uh, gave right. your dad up yeah. and everything. And he had no problem. All right, yeah, I'll like, kill you. Okay, no problem. <laughs> you know. Uh, so this goes down to this great, great fight sequence, man. At the yeah. end, I love the rhinos being called up by the uh, guy from Get Out with the Horn. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is where it's it comes down and you think it's going to plow over the Michonne character and everything, and then it stops, stops and it. licks yeah, her in the just, face. Yeah, oh my gosh, that was <laughs> uh, great. Really, really great. Uh, yeah, and you know, I, I have to give so much credit to Michael B. Jordan because he so is good, such an athletic yeah. you know, actor. Like, And he's a Ryan Cooler guy. Even before Creed, he did a movie called... Uh, Something Station, Fruitvale Station, which huh. was an early movie by Ryan Coogler. So he's been a fan of him. And I've been a fan of him since The Wire. When I watched The Wire, uh-huh. uh, Michael B. Jordan was probably 14 in it. He played a little kid that really? lived in the projects uh-huh. that ended up being killed. Yeah, see, the first thing guy. I saw him in was Creep. Yeah. You know, it was and, really great. And, and I was just like, wow, I'm a fan. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, I can't wait to. That's another thing coming out later this year. I can't wait. Not directed by Ryan Coogler, but I, he might be connected. Maybe he wrote the script or was a producer, but I know it's a different director. Maybe right? I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I think Rocky dies in this one. Uh, I, I feel that in everyone. The last yeah, three, I've said that. But, but you know, the thing is, though, is like. It makes sense. It, I mean, he's he's getting up there and, and have a good ending, and it, it would be a powerful point if he is the new Mickey. Exactly. You know, That's what I mean. You know, I mean, back. it's. Yeah, full circle. You I know? wouldn't be surprised. If he does, it's certainly going to be by the uh, uh, Drago's son. Is going to be the guy end up killing him, or if Drago, man, oh man, if Drago Ooh. kills him, oh, oh man. man, that would be crazy. Ding ding, <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> if we get to see, I mean, both of those guys are a little long in a tooth, but if we get yeah. to see them kind of exchange blows oh. in that Rocky movie, I would be so stoked. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. He dies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so this battle comes down, and you get the. Uh, the the death of Killmonger. They both got those great suits and everything, and they have that trains whipping by them. And remember that knife flies up in the air. And even Michael B. Jordan says that's a nice move you yeah. did there. And as it stabs him in the chest, yep. he even tells him he says just just dump me in the lake or the water, man. Yeah, like all my uh, uh, ancestors who didn't want to live as slaves just put me in the water. Yeah. And uh, we presumably that's what happened to him. I don't think we see it. Yeah. Uh, but then the post credit sequence when you see the guy in the tent you see the kids looking over some figure in the tent we can't see and remember uh, the kids run out of the teepee and they, they run up to Shuri and they were like are you looking at that man again? And then all of a sudden the winter soldier walks out of the, oh, that's walks right. out of the teepee without his arm. It's got like bandaged. Right, yeah. Which we knew he was in Wakanda but we didn't kind but of But he went to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't realize he had been woken up. Yeah. And now he's been woken up, thankfully, in the just in the right time because we're about to start the big daddy of movies oh, here. Oh my gosh. And dude. I, I stress if you have not seen this movie, you're gonna wanna uh you're gonna wanna tune out. Yeah. Uh, because this is one of those ones you're gonna wanna experience on your own, you know? Yeah. Uh 
and this is uh, Avengers Infinity War. Oh my god! It really gosh, comes dude. down to it, and we knew going in there this was gonna be this was gonna be something major. Oh yeah! And it didn't let. I've already pre-ordered it. Comes out next Wednesday, and I'm ready to. Uh, I had to hold back buying it digitally because I own. I own only one Marvel movie digitally, and that's the first Guardians of the Galaxy. All uh-huh. the other, uh, all other nineteen or eighteen movies, seventeen I own uh, physical copies of. Oh wow, that's the DVDs awesome. Of, so I still need to buy Guardians uh, physically so I can have that as part of my set. But, yeah, uh, it was a foregone conclusion that I was going to buy Infinity Wars. I think we came out of watching this movie. Like I said, we watched it first showing on that Friday that came out. Yeah. We came out just like shocked. I think we were silent. Open. Yeah. Yeah. It I was think just, we were silent. Yeah. During the credit sequence, for sure. That oh, yeah. Credit sequence Everybody rolling, was like, silent. And still one of my favorite post-credit sequences with Nick Fury, but we'll get to that at the, uh, yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot happens in this movie. Really, a lot yeah. happens, man. And, yeah. And it starts right off really strong. I mean, you get to see you get to see a death shortly into the movie, and that, that was uh, Loki. Remember? Right. Well, yeah. So um, you know where uh, Ragnarok left off. Yep. The Asgardians were on their ships, and they were roaming the universe, going to find a new place. You know. Well, now you find that on this Asgardian ship, everybody is pretty much dead except for Thor yep. and Loki. Yep. And. Thanos is there and with his children with, yeah, with oh his badass yeah. children man and all played by uh, I, I'm not even sure who half the actors are because it was so much crazy makeup on them yeah, just the, really characters you hadn't seen before the magical wizard guy yeah, that the was wizard like his guy number or the, one the, follower the woman uh, that was really badass who I've seen in a couple things since then yeah. she was great too but this is where Loki kind of gives up the space stones. He's already got one stone. And right. I, they don't show him actually acquire it. I don't oh, think. I think it was from the Was for the collector? Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, but they show that later on. Got it. Yeah. They show that later on. Oh, yeah, and like a back yeah. uh, kind of flashback. So he has one stone, and I'm not sure the one that he has. I think it's the, it the one from the Tesseract. Yeah, what stone is it, though? Oh, God. Yeah, I we got the Mind Stone, the Space Stone, the... Uh, Shit, what are the other? Soul Stone. The Soul the stone. stone. And this is the Space Stone that he gets from Loki. Loki ends up giving him the Space Stone. That's the Tesseract. Yeah. That's the Tesseract. So that was the Space Stone that he gives him. And he does it to save Thor's life and, right. and spare his own. But then you realize that uh, he doesn't really. He's, he ends up trying to kill Thanos and Thanos just like chokes his ass. Well, the Hulk is still Hulk. Yeah. And, you know, he they sit there and they talk to him and talk to him and talk to him and they try and do the same old trick and, yeah. you know, and says, you know, what are you stalling for? And he's like, because we have a Hulk. And you just think, here comes Hulk. He's going to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And Thanos just beats his ass. Yeah. I mean, so bad that he becomes, you know, Bruce Banner and cannot change back. Yeah. You know, um, and, and yeah, he, and so he acquires the space zone and bye bye Loki. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, arguably, he's there's there's a few people that you're assuming watching this movie because uh, we, we obviously if you're you're continuing your listening to us, you know a shitload of people end up dying right uh, at the end of this. But you're you're assuming that a few of these people aren't coming back. Right. And I would assume Loki and Gamora. Yeah. Are two of them. I think so too yeah, because I, they died before. Yeah, they died you know? before the and snap the, of the, the fingers. time stone. You know, I mean, they got to get it back. Doctor Strange yeah. has to be able to reset all of this stuff, and you know, and presumably Captain Marvel is going to have a kind of a, a hand in all of this too. So you don't know how far back they're going. I right. suppose they could go far enough back where 
I kind of hope they don't. I, I kind of like the idea that a couple of them stay dead. Well, I as think, much as I like those characters and everything, yeah, they're, uh, they're, 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 you can't have. That was the problem. That was a problem watching GI Joe cartoons growing up. It's everyone shooting bullets, and you know, no one dies. Yeah, and it just right. it, it, there was no kind of uh, finality with a lot of these characters. And I like a lot of the, the idea that some of them die and don't come back. And that's why I think that probably uh, Iron Man and Cap. I think that they're both going to die in the next well, one. They be, might. I mean, they're not dead at this point. Well, so right. And, one of them. Know. It makes sense that one of them would sacrifice themselves. And I hate to say it because uh, Cap's one of my favorites. Yeah. You, you, you would think it would be Cap, but they might just flip it on that. And yeah. Not it, be the person. Make it you Falcon was, or something uh, or, like that. Or make it Tony. You know. Yeah. Right. Uh, because the the beauty of it being Tony is uh, anyone can go in that suit. Exactly. You know? Well, you know. Yeah. And uh, but you got Bucky Barnes, so you got to back up Cap too. Yeah. You know. That's so true. so that's why I think both of them are expendable. Unfortunately. But, so then we've got and, and let's talk a little bit about Josh Brolin, man, because oh Josh gosh, Brolin just dude. he comes in and he kills. This he thing. set it on fire this and, year, man. Yeah, he did with playing Cable and then Sicario, uh, and Sicario, and now playing Thanos. Thanos. And you really you forget about that makeup that's on him, yeah, man, or the CG stuff that's on him. That it just it comes through. You don't realize how much would be able to emote through the CG stuff, and that they really built him as a character, right? And. Uh, they go into a lot of the backstory, like when he, uh, where he takes Gamora as a child, yeah, and shows uh, her the knife, shows her all that kind of stuff, and everything. While and, the, her entire planet is, well, half of her planet is yeah. being slaughtered. It's know. crazy, and how the the Nebula, char- uh, Nebula. Nebula character, Nebula. you know, oh my is and is also an interesting character because she's kind of that shun sister who is just not as loved as right. as Gamora. Gamora is obviously Thanos's number one daughter. Yeah, and Nebula would be is all about being Thanos's like uh, number one daughter, but she not he anymore. Just, not anymore. Not anymore. But at, at the beginning, when we first saw Nebula in the in the first oh, uh, yeah. kind of Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. She would have no problem stepping in as being your right hand man. Absolutely, but, that's what she wanted. That's what she wanted. You know, but until he, he decided to torture her. You oh, know, man, that torture scene in this movie with her, where they were just like pulling pulling her, her apart. apart. Oh my gosh, it's crazy the yeah. stuff they did with her. So, let's see. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Strange on the streets because remember that was a major thing. Where uh, that's when we first saw Banner trying to change. Right when, when Doctor Strange was in the. Oh, actually, before that, I think we have Vision and. Uh, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Remember, we saw that they had been living together, right? And a couple, and they did hint at that a little bit in Civil War when yeah. we saw them cooking together and doing right, all the yeah. things and having their great talk. So it, that was one of my favorites. They and were it, on the run, though. Yeah, they were on the run, yeah. and that—that's the beauty of this movie for me, and, and really any movie I, where it has such a loud, uh, large cast where they break them up in their little separate groups. Yeah, absolutely. I love that where we can jump around and we see this is what they're doing. Yeah, and so while Vision and Scarlet Witch are together. We have uh, was it Doctor Strange, Wong, Tony, yeah. and the Hulk are mm-hmm. all in New York. And Spider Man too, right? Uh, it must be because I think most of where Tony is is Spider-Man where Spider Man is. Yeah. is too. So yeah. yeah, that was a I, I love that. And uh, so basically, we're following Thanos as he's trying to collect all these different stones, which. I mean, it's brilliant. I, that's another thing that I love, and not only separate groups, but I love I love having a mission. You know that you have to, you know exactly what he's looking for. Yeah, and we know where a certain amount of them are. Right. We know that Doctor Strange has a time stone. We yeah. know Vision has the mind stone in yeah. his head. And at yeah. one point, he's gonna have to rip that fucker out of his oh head. Oh my gosh! To dude. get it back. Yeah. And that 
really the only person that could kill him would be Scarlet Witch, which which even makes it more heartbreaking because they've kind of has this relationship now that yeah. you're going to have to kill the person you love right. uh, to be able to do it. But let's go to the uh, the Soul Stone, yeah. which is being oh protected by someone that we never thought we were going to see. I again. never thought I was going to see that. And that's dude. not played by Hugo Weaving, too. It's not oh, it voiced wasn't. by Hugo Weaving. It's it's uh, voiced by Russ uh, Marquand, who is a major character in uh, The Walking Dead. Interesting. Uh, who who is a master at voices? If you ever pull, if you listen to this, pull up Russ Marquand uh, voice. He can do like. 30 like of the most amazing really? voice impressions you ever have so i think he just came in to do a hugo weaving voice uh-huh. not sure why they just didn't get hugo weaving for yeah. it but i had no problem with interesting so basically we get to see the red skull yeah again and not realizing we him. were gonna see him and uh realize that he's the protector of the soul stone oh my gosh why don't you tell us a little bit of how thanos has to get that soul stone man so you know they've already done the backstory of basically how thanos raised gamora and how loyal she was and she was basically the most feared killer other than thanos in the universe and you know i think there was some degree of love and affection in in thanos's own way there she Um, did not know the level right yeah and um, it really would have worked out better for her if he had right, <laughs> not yeah. loved her as much as he did. Exactly. Um, and so one of her missions was was to be able to find the location of the Soul Stone, mm-hmm. you know, and she said that she never found it. Yeah. But through torturing Gamora, Gamora had the recording of her saying, like, I found it and he can never know. Oh, ne- nah, Nebula mean? Ne- yeah, yeah, I'm Nebula, sorry. Yeah, yeah Nebula. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they've taken him now to the edge of this cliff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Red Skeleton says, you know... You Red ha- Skull. A Red Skull, Even yeah, though he sorry. probably is Rick Steel. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, tells him that, you know, he has to give up what he loves most yeah. in the world and Gamora starts laughing. Yeah, she's kind of thrilled. Yeah, she's like, you love nothing. There's nothing you love, yeah. so there's no way you could possibly ever get this stone. Oh. And he just takes her and pushes her like, off the pitches edge. Pitches her off that freaking cliff. And man. and he cries. Yeah. He cries. You yeah. can tell that it hurts him because yeah. he does love her, you know. And she's completely shocked. On the way down, she's got to realize, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. For the last oh. the last moment of her life, she realizes, wow, he'd actually It was a really me. sad and it powerful really was. scene, yeah. you know. Like, there's, there's a couple of the death scenes in here that really hit you, hit you big time. Yeah. And this was one of them. The other one probably being Spider-Man, which was uh, probably the one that hurt most people. Yeah. Just how his reaction to it was yeah. really hard. I don't feel so good yeah. i don't want to go yeah. i don't want to go oh, god yeah. if he had said and it may it oh may i might have lost it but <laughs> oh my god but yeah that getting the soul stone was uh was really incredible yeah one of my other favorite things from this is the introduction of the uh peter dinklage character as one of the dwarfs that uh that oh yeah that had to uh, fire up the that star and uh build uh stormbreaker is what right. they called it yeah and uh well th- we got a little ahead we uh we realized that uh, one of the groups that kind of is assembled, Thor goes with Rocket, and uh, who's the other one that's with it? It's Thor, Rocket. It must be Groot. It was just the, must I, be Groot. I yeah, think it's, because I think Groot it's is Rocket what makes Groot. the handle. Yeah. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you've got Rocket, Groot, and then you've got that great line that uh, Thor keeps calling him Rabbit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no one ever gets his his uh, his kind of race right, and even rock, a raccoon is not the correct one. Because right. He keeps con- uh, contradicting people. Like, what the hell is this raccoon? Yeah. He's not a raccoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, he's not a ra- rabbit either. But yeah, uh, I yeah, love- I, I like the idea that. Uh, 
that Peter Dinklage, and this was something that they kept super. Yeah, in. absolutely. You didn't realize until the poster came out that he was even in it. Yeah. And then people were like, well, who the fuck is he in? Yeah. And not to realize that he was part of the race of dwarfs that uh, that built the gauntlet in the first place. Yeah, and, and he's Thor's there. hammer. Yep, and Thor's hammer. And so he's there all by himself realizing That's that where he got one of the other stones from. Because, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Kate Blanchett. She yeah. smashed the hammer. That's right. That's right. And there was an infinity stone there. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so you realize that Peter Dinklage can build this kind of thing for him. Um, this kind of mega axe. Right. Kind of almost. Replicates. Oh, I was so excited yeah, when that was cool. getting made, dude. But that he couldn't kind of build it without the help of yeah. everyone here. And yeah. What Thor had to kind of endure. Yeah. And I love the expression on Peter Dinklage's face. Like he's not realizing that he could even kind of withstand what it. Uh, yeah. What he's he's like, you're about to take the full oh, power yeah. of a star. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> like just to try and even imagine that, you know, and. And also, remember, uh, Thor had lost his eye. Yeah. You remember? I, I, Hela. Hela ripped it out. That's right. And uh, he had that kind of cool metal patch that yeah. was kind of over it. And somewhere, Rabbit gave him an eye. Uh, it was shortly after that's that. Right, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he gave about, him an eye. Of course, I've only seen Infinity War once, and I'm dying yeah. to see it again. That's why I pre-ordered so it. Good, and I should have yeah. saw it a second time like I, you did. I, I did, and I'm still kind of like, oh, and then this happened. Yeah, and don't yeah, forget yeah. about that. Yeah. And there was so much going it on. It really was. Movie. It was I, very rich with material. It just... Tons of stuff. Like when they went to the collector and, you know, the guardians were there and they came to get the stone from him and like everything was quiet and it was all, they were like, oh, what's going on here, you know? And then that's when Thanos got Gamora. That's right. um, And she had told Chris Pratt, like, if he gets me, you have to kill me, you know? And Chris Pratt he fucked, fucked it up, up twice. <laughs> yeah, he did. You know, he fucked and it up twice. But I mean, how can you, your heart wants what your heart exactly, wants? Exactly. You know, uh, he just couldn't do it, man. Yeah. And he's uh, got to. At that moment, he's not thinking of the means of the many. He, he was just, you know, yeah. He already had the um, the Mind Stone because that was what made him be able to change. Wasn't that what made? No, him the Mind Stone's the last thing he got because that was with Vision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He just pulled that. Uh, shit. The Time Stone is what he gets right before that because that's where remember uh, uh, Strange gives it to Strange him. Strange gives it to him. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they go in Wakanda. The the big fight is in Wakanda. Oh man. Uh, after he gets the and I remember. Uh, Tony is just shocked and we should mention that uh, they show kind of uh, Doctor Strange going through the possibilities yeah 14 of, billion of them. it's like 14 billion possibilities of how this could turn out yep. and only one of them yep. is a way where uh and, and that's it, it. Still shocks me that Tony was like, "Why? Why are you giving him that? right? Yeah, says, don't you know? I just told yeah, you. It's the that only it's way. The only way. Yeah, and you kind of have to go with it. Yeah, but yeah, that fight in Wakanda, man, I, and it must have lasted. I don't know. I didn't time it. I'll time it next time. But it's right. gotta be like 20, 25 oh, minutes yeah. of the movie. I, you know, one of my favorite lines right before that battle starts because Steve Rogers is there now, and I, I don't. I mean, he's still Captain America, but he's Steve Rogers yeah. now. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, they see that the attack is inbound and stuff like that, and they they say, "What do you want to do?" And he looks at Steve Rogers and he goes, "Get this man a shield." Yeah, you know, and he's got two shields on his oh, forearms yeah, now, and like, oh. you know, and he's got a, a like a beard, and he looks a little more grizzled, and like you can tell he's not the same Steve Rogers yeah. from the first oh, yeah. Avenger, you Absolutely. know, like. And it's, there's very little comedy in this movie, but the one line that obviously just made me laugh was where Rocket's talking to Winter Soldier. 
Oh, yeah, that arm. arm. Yeah. Oh, I'll get that arm. I'll get that arm. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. And it was in yeah. the middle of like this huge thing. Absolutely. So, so it was really, it kind of needed to happen because everyone's yeah. just watching the movie with their eyes. Yeah, like, no. Wide. I mean, edge of your seat. Yeah. Man, yeah. We watched know. it with a, a, a theater full with people. And yeah. like you said, no one made a sound. It, no, when it, it was, was like, yeah. it was done. Yeah. <laughs> you like, were like, holy crap. But yeah, it kind of goes all down the, you know, Scarlet Witch is is there trying to kind of build herself up to kill the vision yeah. and destroy the mind stone because yeah. if she does, you know, it it will uh it will kind of avert everything Stop that everything. happens. Yeah. But because he has the time stone, yep. he can go back oh, and God. he can keep it from happening. Yep. So then that's where the moment happens after he ha- after he gets it he yep. snaps his fingers and everyone starts disappearing well, well not remember, everyone but... well remember there's that moment though where Chris Pratt fucks it up oh, yeah, again yeah. and you know they're trying to pull it off and Mantis has got a control of his yeah, mind and, right. they, and they're getting it off they're you know like it's almost there uh, and then you know like he finds out that he killed Gamora yeah. and he just can't contain himself beats the you know hits him and stuff yeah. like that takes oh, him out of so the trance close. It so was, close. I, you could see it slipping off yeah. you know you could the point see where it. they if they do get all these guys back he needs to get slapped in the oh face. yeah no, they, yeah yeah <laughs> because at least dr strange you understand why he had to do what he had to right, do right it was pure that uh and, and they had been building up the relationship between him and gamora too uh, yeah. from the last one especially yeah. like when mantis <laughs> <laughs> revealed <laughs> yeah oh yeah I, I love the part though I, I don't love it when she's saying you're gonna have to kill me if i get caught but where drax is standing there eating chips and oh, then yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like how long have you been there and oh that's like, right that he's like an joke. hour yeah he's like i've i've learned i've mastered moving so slowly that nobody even knows that oh. i'm here and he's eating chips <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that's brought in a lot of memes after the movie yeah. was over too that were funny oh it's so good so once he snapped those fingers so th- here's our casualty list right here so oh, do it up we've got spider-man dies dr strange dies black panther dies Jesus. winter soldier Jesus. star lord drax god. mantis and teenage groot oh my god they all die man it's 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 heartbreaking and, it is i'm and, sad right now and and, and Thanos gets what exactly what he wants. He yeah. says, "When this is done, I'll be sitting, I'll be looking at the sunrise, and you know that's exactly and, how it ends." And man. I'll, I'll tell you when I when they had that scene of him walking to his house yeah. and sitting on his porch and looking out and Ugh. and thinking about what he did, I realized he's right. Well. He, you know, there's I, a way of I, looking I mean, at it. I, I could see why you'd say that. You know, I, I I'm not saying like God. I hope half the world dies. <laughs> yeah. but you know what I mean? Like it, in in theory, like it makes sense. The it's problem not is morally right. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. That's that's he's a sociopath, so he does not have the ability to think about everyone that dies. He right. just looks at the bigger picture. Well, and what happens in you know x amount of years when the population's doubled and it's back to where <laughs> yeah. it is? You can snap your fingers yeah. again. I mean, you know, like yeah, I know it's like an end, uh, never ending kind of battle, but I. So I, I got to throw this theory out. I, I very rarely, rarely do this stuff, but I have a theory that because the gauntlet is so big that eventually Hulk's going to get it because mm. he's the only one who can fit it. Yeah. And you know he's going to eventually turn back into Hulk, and when he does, he's going to be fucking pissed. Yeah, we'll and I, I, think, I think the gauntlet gets knocked off, Hulk picks it up, and just beats him with it. That's, that would that's, be great. 
That's my. Great. That's I'm calling it now. We should mention him being in that Hulkbuster during the fight, man. A banner being in the Hulkbuster. So it's yeah, very that's right. Yeah, he can't be the Hulk, but he's also he's still big. Yeah. and doing his thing. Yeah, and I mean, Ugh. so yeah, so so living. If those are the the dead, we've got Captain America. You got Iron Man. You got Hulk. You got Rocket. You got Thor. Uh, I mean, a lot of biggies here, but I, I mean, a lot of ones that aren't. And and then we've got, got that post-credit sequence, which is, ah, oh, I love this post-credit sequence. Yeah, this absolutely. one is the one we just saw for Ant-Man. I, I love a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that uh, one, too. So the... the so we see Marie, uh, Maria Hill and Nick Fury driving in the city, <clears throat> not realizing the timeline that right. we're watching right. until we see the helicopter start flying down, which is very like if you're a biblical guy, it kind of it brings up rapture. thoughts of the rapish, yeah. rapture, that yeah. people are supposed to be disappearing and whatever they're doing at the right. time just is still going on around them. Yeah. So the pilot disappears. So obviously the planes are going down right. and everything. And he realizes what's happening. Right. Uh, and he just gets off that text <clears throat> and then it falls to the ground and they zoom in on it. Yep. And you see that the car- Captain Marvel symbol on there and yeah. you realize that ah, he just kind of was able to get it off in time. And the then other, they disappeared. The other little diamond in that scene is right before he disappears. <laughs> he goes, Mother, <laughs> Samuel Jackson being Samuel Jackson, man. <laughs> I fucking love that oh, dude, sure. man. So yeah, oh. and then uh, let's go a little bit on the Ant Man and the Wasp, All right. which uh, was also done by Peyton Reed. I'm glad they were able to bring him back for the uh, for directing this because he did such a great job in the uh, first one. And it, it seems weird doing another one right after Infinity Wars with not being Infinity Wars 2, but it really was kind of what you needed. You needed something really light. You yeah. needed something really fun because it brought everyone down. Very much like after the last Avengers, they yep. did Ant-Man. Yep. You know what I mean? It, you needed something because the the audience was going through kind of a depressed <laughs> state yeah. uh, at this point. And yeah, this is the one where we get to see the uh, the callback of uh, what Michael Douglas talked about when he lost, uh, lost his his wife when they right. were on the airplane and she had to go sub uh sub uh, nuclear or, missile yeah on the missile and she yeah, had to go subatomic, subatomic yeah subatomic to uh deactivate it and she ends up going down and she gets end up getting stuck in the quantum realm right we realize shortly into this that scott is having visions of her or uh, thoughts of her uh, being in the quantum realm, kind of uh, in not realizing what it is, right? Until he kind of explains it to uh, uh, to Evangeline Lilly and uh, um, what's her uh, Michael Douglas, and then they immediately know what the hell's going right. on. Right. Well, so he's on house arrest. Yeah. That's why Ant Man. You know, this is obviously all going on right around the same time yeah, as yeah, Infinity yeah. Wars. You don't realize that right. until the end. Right. But yeah, so um, right before it. Right. And so. Uh, He's on house arrest. He's been on house arrest for two years. He's got like five days left. Yeah. You know, after a couple of days, it's three days. I love days. Randall Park in this who plays the FBI oh agent. Oh, my gosh. He was he so funny. So he's, fucking he's the funny. guy who played Kim Jong Un in the interview. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, no. He's on Fresh Off the Boat. I was just about to say, so he's funny so that. funny, man. Yeah. I, I love his brand of like. Yeah. Do you want, just, to go, you want to go to dinner? Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll go to dinner. <laughs> Are you asking <laughs> me to go to dinner? A lot of people didn't appreciate the comedy in this, but I love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, th- there's a place for comedy. Like, obviously, they're not going to throw a lot in the Avengers movie, the Cat movies. A right. little bit in Iron Man here and there, yeah. but there are That's sarcasm. Ways These that, are actually just, there's comedy in these The movies. Guardian, if you want to see the comedy, you go see the Guardians, you go see Ant-Man, and those right. is, that's where you'll get this. Yeah. And uh, a, a really great villain, I thought. I loved the, uh, the, the role of Ava 
as the ghost because all she wanted yeah. was to become a human again. Right. And, you know, she did not give a shit who she had to kill to be able to do it. Yeah. She has been striving to get uh, kind of back because she was kind of, uh, she lost her kind of uh, physical body. You yeah, know? like her mo- her molecules couldn't hold together. Yeah. And so she just had like... They, she they, had a cool suit that she wore, and she got in a chamber, which kind of controlled it a little right. bit and everything. And Lawrence Fishburne. I didn't even know Lawrence Fishburne was in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You know, and... Uh, Playing Goliath, who yeah. was a big character in a lot of the old uh, Avengers books, too. So it's, oh, really? uh, it'll be interesting if he doesn't come back to do something. I, I would be surprised. Huh. I would think they would want to bring him back for it. Yeah. Uh, so well, a couple of the great things about this movie that... The, the idea that he could shrink the lab and he just pulled oh, the top on. off yeah, like it was a, a suitcase yeah, and just like a little carry-on. That's just brilliant. Yeah, that man. was great. Really, man. really amazing. Yeah. And to the point where that was the thing eventually everyone was after right. was to get the lab because yeah. they were building that kind of tunnel to get to it was the, the, uh, the quantum Right, the quantum uh, realm. realm, yeah. Yeah, the tunnel that, that I think it was a there. quantum tunnel. Quantum tunnel, there yeah. you go. And with the idea that they're going to go through there to, uh, to rescue... Uh, the original wasp, I yeah, guess. Who uh, Janet von something? I can't remember her name is. Uh-huh, uh, brilliantly uh, played by. Uh, yeah, we should mention Michelle Pfeiffer. And that's, to, yeah, I know you wanted to mention it before. Yeah, and, you know, and that's what we were talking about earlier. Is you know the progression of the CGI of making people uh, look younger and younger and younger. Both of them, man, looks so good. In this. Yeah, I mean. I think, and I, I said the other day, you know, oh, I think this was the best representation. Well, I hadn't seen this yet yeah. because this was by far the best representation. Yeah. It of, looked like her. No, it looked, I mean, it was believable. Yeah, really You know, believable. like, yeah, I knew and yeah, I know. But like, if I didn't know any better, yeah. I'd be like, oh, okay, that's just a person on the screen. And she looks you know? fabulous anyway. She's another one that she does, did look not, very good for that her, does yeah. not age yeah. at all. She's yeah. kind of <clears throat> ages super well. So I, I was amazing how that she looked like she just stepped off the set of like Catwoman uh, right, yeah. or uh, Batman uh, and all those old stuff she was in. So really amazing. there was this scene <clears throat> where um, they Scott went to – he was like lying in the bath. And he had this dream that wasn't really a dream. And it was a flashback of Hope and Michelle Pfeiffer calling her Jelly Bean and uh, trying hiding in a an armoire. Or yeah, yeah, the uh, the, uh, was it? uh, Damn, that's the whole joke too. I know, right? (laughs) The wardrobe. wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was in a dresser. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You know, it was in one of those things where you hang things. A wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, and so come to find out at the exact same time that he was having that so-called dream, they had fired up the quantum tunnel, but it overloaded and it was only active for like, you know, a very short time. And five minutes later, he pulls out this cell phone from the wall that was like an emergency contact. Calls Michael Douglas and I go. That was a great element that the fact that he had that at the moment they turned the tunnel on. Exactly. It was really, really Because he had gone into the quantum realm, you know, back in the original Ant-Man. And so that was kind of like, okay, this is, we're going on this ride now because they think that they can get their wife, mother back, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, but he's like, look, I've got three days left on house arrest. Like, I don't want to leave. So turns out they've had cameras in his apartment, you know, and they've trained an ant to do his daily routine. Anton, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, they put the like the 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 monitoring bracelet actually on his leg. Yeah, and they trained him to do his routine, so he's like sitting in front of the uh, he's sitting in front of the TV, TV. for two hours. Yeah. Remember, he's like you're in the bathroom for two hours. I don't yeah. know what that's all yeah. about. <laughs> 
playing the drums, playing the drums you know? and doing his thing. So, and they had that great stuff where he kept when he knew when uh, Randall Park would come back to the house, so he would race back there. Yeah, he would come out of the bathroom and like, oh, I'm really sick. Sorry, yeah, exactly. He just gets there a split second, so it's really fun. But this is Michael Pena's stuff here, man. Oh though. my gosh, that, dude! I, arguably the funniest thing in the entire Marvel uh, of all of the Marvel universe is when uh, they, when they give Michael Pena the truth serum. <laughs> oh shit! Is that truth serum? <laughs> no, no, it's this concoction we make that will be let you be uh, liberal with what you're uh, what you're saying. Yeah. Sounds like truth serum to me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not truth serum. <laughs> like, it's on the Ti and the other guys. No, it sounds like truth serum. That man. sounds like truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> When they give it to him and he's so like liberal with what he says. Oh my gosh. And then he goes off on tangents. Oh, my grandmother used to own a a jukebox. She used to play Morrissey. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Well, he says, where is, you know, Scott? And and he's like, okay, well, see, and it starts on like going on how his life is because he's not specifically asking what location he is. He's asking like, where is he in life? And so he's like giving this long Uh, rant. It really reminded when I was watching it, I had flashbacks of Chunk. Talking to the Fratelli brothers, where he's telling them everything from his childhood to get to the point where they want to know. It was really reminiscent to that to me. Uh, And oh man, true serum. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we should mention the. uh, He goes. I'm sorry. He goes. He goes. You feeling anything yet? And he's like, No, I don't really feel anything yet. No, that was a lie. I am feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, man! They really know how to use him well too. Uh, another person that was really great in this that we didn't mention was Walton Goggins, who is uh, who is super famous in a lot of stuff. I love him, and uh, he was great in The Shield, and he was he was one of the great, the only good things about that Hateful Eight. He was also in that Vice oh, Principal yeah, show, yeah, absolutely. And he was one uh, that was going to deal with a part that uh, they were uh, that Michael Douglas and uh, the Wasp were missing uh, to uh, to make the quantum tunnel like right. uh, completely work, right? And uh, they had that great scene where he met him at the restaurant. And that's the first time we saw the ghost where he, uh, and the wasp and, and the wasp. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, you got to see her because they teased that suit at the end of, I think the original Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the Ant-Man, we realized that she's got wings and everything. And right. we got to see her use it and they had that great fight. And <laughs> he the, said, uh, yeah, you didn't have the capability to make my suit have wings. Yeah. yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there's actually a great, uh, there's a great line in the trailer that's mm-hmm. not in the movie. Oh, really? Where they're about to, where Scott and her are about to fight and he's like, uh, you go low, I go high. And she's like, that's I got right. wings. Why would I go low? That's right. It that's wasn't, not it wasn't in there. In the movie You're right. I didn't even pick up on my, that. One of my favorite things to do when I see a movie is to come home and immediately watch the trailer. Yeah. Because it reminds me of the scenes I just saw. And sure, everything. yeah. And I, I went home and watched the trailer and I was like, holy shit, that wasn't in the movie. No so shit. It I must be in. That. I wonder if it's going to be in the deleted scenes on the DVD. I bet it will be. Oh, because I'm sure, they, yeah. They like to fill that stuff with it. But I had that great scene where uh, they're fighting in the uh, in the kind of the kitchen of that restaurant and she's throwing the salt shaker yeah. and everything and that's always some of my favorite stuff in the Ant-Man movies it's so creative yeah. we just got Pez Joe yeah <laughs> <laughs> they introduced like uh, Michael Pena had this little Pez it was a Hello Kitty, Hello Kitty yeah. <laughs> and at some point she just threw it out and like Enlarged made it huge it. Yeah. and took out the stuff but I love uh, and I mentioned it earlier the, the Hot Wheels case yeah and, like the Hot Wheels oh, case it and so it was cool. all the different stuff the different cars and, 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 and Michael Pena picks oh. out the flame 
flame he, minivan. He immediately saw the flames. He's like, oh, I love you. I love you, Hank Pym. Yeah. Something like that. And then he made that thing huge. And uh, yeah. that, that end sequence was phenomenal, man. Yeah. Where they were just racing through the streets and different stuff was happening. And they were trying to get the uh, the lab. And it was going from one person's possession to another person's possession. Yeah. And, uh, the ghost who was almost impossible to fight. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. really weird. She could just walk through anything. She could just like take the punches and everything. It'd just go too. right through her. You know? Yep, and you realized that she was going to be the one thing to keep them from uh, getting Michelle Pfeiffer back, right. which was not going to happen for people that have been like without her for years. Right, so. yeah. And even uh, to the point where it turned Lawrence Fishburne around, where we could see him, uh, well, it even turned the ghost around, yeah. which we could see at the very end that they're, they're going to be allies in probably the future war here in uh, Infinity Wars. I would not be surprised if we see either. That, that would be endless. awesome. It would be great. I would yeah. love to see the crossover between them yeah. and Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where the fuck is Hawkeye? I know, was man. He, he was not in the venue or at all right no he wasn't I, in no. it at all he hasn't no. been in any of the deleted scenes or any of the special scenes That's I thought right. for sure I don't maybe think they would have had one on this since Civil War Civil War was the last thing he was in and that he, was halfway well, he, like, through the movie retired yeah, you know, and he came uh, back when he had to get Scarlet Witch. Yeah, because he was like, house. you know, I've been retired for da da da. Yeah, and this, I came yeah. back to the farm for this. And yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so, so I would imagine that he would have to have some major role, mm-hmm. with or without his arrows. But, yeah, I mean, but, come on. So you know, so they end up getting Michelle Pfeiffer back from the quantum. Yeah, realm. really great scene too, where they had the time limit. You knew you had a certain amount of time to get her back. Yeah, and uh, he had to like literally find her. And there was that great scene where she kind of channeled through Scott earlier. In the thing yeah that he, was had those, he had those very feminine qualities where, he, he's, where he's, he's touching their face and he's yeah, smiling yeah and he's just, he's he, really he fun, did man. that really well he did too, he did know? it, it really was like well. you know he's like holding somewhat. their hands he he comes out of it and he's holding michael douglas's yeah yeah and um <clears throat> there was one specific thing i was trying to say. oh so yeah so michelle pfeiffer um comes back and just heals that girl by yeah. touching her yeah. you know and uh which is great because it's a lot easier way of just than what she had planned yeah exactly <laughs> and it know. was to kill her and just steal whatever that she had uh, to be able to get her molecules kind of rearranged right so. and so then you get to the post credit scene oh, and i didn't see this coming you said you saw it coming. i saw it coming i, I did not see it coming so what they need and are, it shocked me they more ne- than any other credit sequence that i think i've seen they needed these healing particles that they could find inside the quantum realm and so ant-man was going to go in there and get them and they were going to pull them out you know once he got all loaded up and everything and then they'd have the particles to help heal her with yeah so they shrink them down they've they've now turned that flamed van into a smaller quantum tunnel and he goes into the quantum realm he's having communication with them he's got everything he's ready to come back and all of a sudden Nothing, there's no response. And it switches from the quantum realm to the real realm, and it's just ashes. Oh, God, man. It was so good. It's one of the more satisfying post-credit sequences to me. At what point did you know it was going to happen? When he was in there? Once he went in and it was just focused only on him and yeah. it cut off of their attention, mm-hmm. I was just like, I know when they cut back, it's going to be ashes falling. Wow, that's, you know? It's a really a phenomenal. Uh, I'm trying to think of post credit sequence. Who is going to be able to find him and pull him out of there? Yeah, that's going to be difficult. I mean, Ti Goliath. 
Oh, maybe. It's got to be. Goliath's the only one familiar with any yeah. of that stuff. I would think it would have to be him or the ghost. Yeah. Ava, the ghost. Right, but and, and who knows who's still alive and who's not, you yeah. know? I, I would think Pena would have to probably bring it to the attention of them and then get them there because... It, Clearly, if they were there to get that stuff for Ava, the ghost had to have known. Yeah, they, yeah. they must have known, and that that's probably because the there only was way. who there was three people out there. There was uh, Michael Douglas, there was Hope, and who was the third person? Uh, Evangeline Lilly. Which one is uh, that? That's Michael Douglas's daughter. Oh, Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, was, okay. Yeah, it was yeah, Hope. Yeah. It was Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael and, Douglas. Yeah, okay. All yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, but arguably, if they reverse what Thanos did, mm-hmm. then it. If they reverse it at the moment everyone disappears, they might all just reappear at that moment. Right. And then they can pull each other they they can pull each other out like that. Yeah. I like the idea more that they're gonna have to specifically go person to person yeah. and try to and do it. And get everybody like that. back one by it, one. It's gonna be an amazing uh that that might be the biggest moneymaker ever. Yeah, is Infinity Dude, War. This is the uh, new two? Star Wars, man. Yeah. Oh you yeah, know, yeah. This yeah. is that's because what people this are kind of soured on Star Wars now. Other than a lot of the, for a while there after Rogue One, people were like, oh, maybe we just gonna have those subsequent kind of offshoots and everything. Right. But then Solo came out and everyone hated that. Yeah, yeah. So that's not even a uh, a possibility now. Yeah. That's gonna but happen. I mean, how many movies does Star Wars have? Uh, shit, all of them. I mean, uh, it'll end up being 9, 10, 11 right now. 11 if you include the one they're making now. 11, and Marvel has 19, 19 already. soon to be 20. You know, soon mean, to be 21 because uh, uh, the Infinity War comes out supposedly in April. God, dude. Oh, God, it's so close. Oh, I, I can't wait. Now. I mean, this is probably one of the biggest teasers or... Uh, open-ended movies ever made oh yeah and everyone there's not a single person first of all there's probably not a single person who disliked infinity war i don't don't Uh, think i heard anybody uh, say that there's certainly not a single person who's not going to pay the money to see the second one no yeah absolutely (laughs) and maybe see it several times not to not to say that whatever happens in it which no one really knows yeah no it's gonna happen it it could piss some people off but i mean hey if it does whatever yeah uh i i'm just i'm in man yeah. I mean, I don't understand where people can't be into this. I'd wish Dave could. Uh, it, it's a lot to work your way through, though. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'd really have to start to really get the full enjoyment of these. Like, we saw these all in the theater as they came out, and we saw them again on DVD and yeah. cable and wherever else. No, I tried so, to give Kelly, like, a brief run through yeah. of, you know, like, we're going to watch this Iron Man. Yeah. You know, like, I, I tried to get her through, like, up to Ultron. Yeah. You know, because Infinity Wars was out, and there's so much. And so I was like, okay, well, you have to watch uh, Civil War, yeah, yeah. and you have to watch uh, Doctor Strange. And you know what I mean? And I'm just trying to get them all, you know. And it's it's hard if it's you hard. if you don't know My wife's them. not going to watch any of them, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on my own here. But uh, I can entertain myself. That's fine. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's amazing. Dave has seen a lot of these, but mm-hmm. it's sporadic. You know, like he's seen Winter Soldier. He saw Ant-Man. And he, he missed probably, I don't think he's seen Civil War, except for the, I, I played the airport scene for him one day yeah. and everything because I knew he'd like it. But uh, he hasn't seen Black Panther. So there's a lot to go through to really get, I mean, you could go through and watch certain ones and skip certain ones, but you're not going to get that kind of emotional kind of uh, hold that a lot of them get you, you know? Yeah. You're not going to realize how important the loss of like Gamora is if you haven't seen the other Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Right. So they, they all are, 
they're all interwoven really perfectly. And that's the problem, I think, is a lot of people see these universes and think it's an easy thing to do. Oh, yeah. You know? And you have to make these movies great as standalone movies first and that just happen to kind of interweave with exactly. each other. And that's the problem with the Star Wars universe is think of how big the Star Wars universe is. Yeah. The idea that we're still following Luke and Leia is absolutely friggin' ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that really, that should have been done with the first three. Right. Because the world is huge. You could go anywhere, man. You could go anywhere yeah. and tell the stories about anybody right but they seem fixated on han solo and yeah. friggin boba fett is gonna do his own movie who yeah. gives a fuck yeah. start I, I a different don't. one man that's yeah. why i loved rogue one yeah. other than that connection with leia and uh vader at the end it was its own movie right and i loved it yeah it was so good yeah stuff with uh donnie yen and all that yeah. oh man i would see a movie just about young donnie yen and his uh and his buddy there protecting the scrolls in the jedi temple and everything yeah. fuck yeah That'd be awesome dude so it i think it's something that we're gonna see the universe type idea is gonna kind of sour a little bit for some people because it's one of those things that can't be done well yeah with, with everything so and there's other ones that it could be done really really well that they're not capitalizing on it oh yeah i think they missed the boat with ghostbusters i think they really could have kind of built some major universe around that yeah and they just tr- kind of went with this one solo movie that just didn't work out so. right I'm excited as a movie goer and a movie lover. I'm excited where it's going to go. And uh, uh, like I said, it's going to be very interesting where you go after Infinity Wars because the there's a lot, there's a yeah. lot's going to happen there. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I, I appreciate them doing it in two parts because there is no way. Oh, it would have been a five-hour movie, man. Yeah. you know. And I hopefully, I, I think. <laughs> what are you doing on Saturday? I'm going to be watching Infinity yeah. Wars all weekend. And I don't know how long <laughs> Infinity Wars must have been two and a half. Right? Easy, easy. Because all I know the before at least before Infinity, no, I think before Infinity War, the longest one was Civil War. Really? And that was like two twenty-seven. Really? Yeah, I think before that they were all around two oh seven, two fifteen, or something like that but you could obviously the more they go the more story they're gonna kind of increase it so so yeah that's it man that was fabulous awesome Uh, i'm looking forward i think uh in like a couple months we should do a x-men one Oh, that's yeah. another universe that's pretty big, and yeah. uh, there's so many movies in there. So we've got we got X Men One, X Men Two, United. You've got ugh, Final Stand. Uh, I liked Final uh, Stand. <clears throat> not a, not if you read the Dark uh, right. Phoenix Saga. Phoenix Saga. Like, yeah, the new no, one it comes definitely did year, not represent the Phoenix Saga. You, you'll well realize how, <clears throat> how fucked up that is. When yeah, you oh, see I'm looking the, forward when to you it. see the Dark Phoenix next yeah. year, which is comes soon too. That's yeah. another one. That's so cool. But even Wolverine and Wolverine, uh, the both the Wolverines, uh, and that was one that a lot of people didn't like that I liked oh, yeah. because they fucked up Deadpool in it. But other than that, I yeah. love the idea of him and Lee Schreiber jumping through generations yeah, and fighting absolutely. together. Yeah. There was some good stuff in that one. Yeah. Uh, but then obviously Logan, which was amazing, and was uh, Apocalypse yep. and Days of Future's Future Past. Past. Yep. And just they, they really have found a way to make those characters younger, which is what it has to happen. A lot of these... And it's why it doesn't seem too far-fetched for Robert Downey Jr.'s character to die. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's getting up there, man. Yeah. And he's not only as a character in the movie, but as an actor for himself, he's probably wanting to move on. Yeah, shit, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's why Hugh Jackman gave it up. He's like, I got other stuff to do, man. Yeah. And he's like, I, I can't be playing the same character over and over again. Not yeah. that he's going to miss it. I mean, yeah. we're seeing like, uh, for someone that's seeing... Uh, Sarah Connor's coming back. I know, right? Uh, and uh, the possibility of that is going to be amazing. We just saw the images of uh, her being a badass. Yeah. So I'm, that's another kind of universe that I'm looking forward to coming out. Next year is going to be a great year for movies, man. Yeah, the I'm end of this year to. and next year is going to be awesome. So yeah. um, you got my money already. <laughs> 
So, all right, if you, that's be this for this week. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook or uh, give us a review or a like on our two platforms, which is SoundCloud and iTunes. You can also be found on Twitter at, at Dupree Podcast, and our email is fascinatingwithfilms at gmail.com. So I'm not sure what our... Uh, what well, we're going to have coming out next week, but uh, I'm sure it'll be great. And Dave will be back. He's in Pennsylvania right now, and he's coming back tonight. I got to go out in the dead of the night to pick him up at the airport. <laughs> so he'll be back, and we're going to have another fabulous one next week. So until then, see ya. Oh, that was nice. Are you Tony Stank? Stank.